0: For 10, I'll B&H Town, Southside, Cloverland oh, yeah.
1: From 1965, Herman's Hermits. I'm Henry VIII, I am. You know, that song was written so long ago that anybody who was an adult when that song was written is dead. That song was written 102 years ago and then actually recorded, this version was recorded in 1965. So it's actually a 102-year-old song, the oldest song I've ever played on the show, at least from a writing standpoint. Uh, Just messing with people at the beginning with the (laughs) hip-hop Someone suggested that to me Play hip-hop at the beginning and then scratch the record And put something else on So those two songs are about as opposite as you can get Anyway, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio The Druff and Friend show We might have a co-host tonight We have somebody who was saying they wanted to be on the show Who has co-hosted before very successfully Very popular co-host And we'll uh, put him on Not China Maniac, by the way, not him Someone different. Uh, Very quickly, I want to tell you about the free roll. That would be... I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know how much the free roll is going to be. We have $200 that was sent to me by C-Money if Team MLK appears in the show for 45 minutes or more. But he didn't make 45 minutes last week because he hung up on the show. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that money. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take $50 of it and put it toward the free roll. And if for some reason I have to send the money back to C-Money because Team MLK does not keep up his end of the bargain or whatever, then I guess I will just uh, eat the 50 myself. So it's a $50 free roll. I'm just deciding this right now. First place will be $25. Second place... ...will be $15. Third and fourth place will both be $5. So $50 free roll. On the No Fraud Online Poker Room... ...you can find that near the top of the screen. It starts at 7.40, just 10 minutes from now. So get over there quickly. You need a registered account... ...on Poker Fraud Alert Forum. Not the Poker Room where you need a separate account to play it. But uh, you need a registered account here on the forum... ...in order to qualify for the free money... And that registered account has to be dated January 1st, 2013, or before. If you have one that's dated after January 1st, 2013, you have to email me, or PM me, email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, dandruff at com, and tell me how long you've been listening, details about the show, things that are not necessarily... Written in the description of the show So I know you've really have been listening And uh, what you've been seeing on the forum Just convince me you've been listening or reading For at least three weeks And I will give you an exception Now and forever To qualify for the free money Or if I knew you in some way Either in person Or through a different forum If you're someone I recognize in some way And I'll be the the one to decide that uh, Then you automatically qualify as well What I'm really trying to prevent here are people showing up just to play the free roll, who have no interest in the site at all? That's what I don't want. So that's what we're trying to prevent. That's why I have that requirement. So get in there. It's a no limit hold'em, no fraud online poker room. You do need a separate account there, but it's totally free. You don't even need play chips to enter the free roll. 7:40 p.m. Pacific time tonight, 10 minutes from now, and you can't register late. You got to. Register before 7.40 or we'll not let you in. So let's see if I can get my co-host on. Show starting late tonight, obviously. Just, I don't know why I got uh, caught up in a lot of things. No good reason. No good reason we're so late. Let's see if my co-host will even answer. Maybe he's boycotting the show because uh, I started so late. Maybe he fell asleep waiting for me. Uh, co-host, are you
2: there? Yes, this is Brandon Gerson speaking.
1: Well, hello. Welcome back, Brandon. I saw you uh, repped uh, Raulo Tomasi today on the forum. Very glad to have you back, and I, I know your voice has changed a bit, but uh, people are happy to have you nonetheless. <laughs> i got a bit of a cold. Raulo's terrible. Yeah. So uh, that's Brandon Drexel Gerson returning to Poker Fraud Alert Radio with a voice that sounds incredibly similar to that of
2: Seriously Serious. Oh, I'm flattered. Thank you very much. <laughs> so It's quite a it's quite a compliment.
1: So Seriously Serious, who uh was regularly co hosting this show actually in Brandon's place before it was called the Druff and Friends Show, but just uh when it's still the Druff and Drexel show, but when Drexel just wasn't here. And he had to leave for a while because he took a new job with Bluff and I guess he didn't want any conflict of interest to be alleged, even though this site is not competing with Bluff or really anyone. So, uh, I'm not sure
2: what changed here, but welcome back. Thank you. Um, I don't know what, uh, perhaps nothing has changed. I'm just, uh, doing a couple hours here. This is nothing official.
1: Uh, nothing official. Okay. So, yeah, I'm glad to have you. You had an open invitation to return at any point. And, uh, that has happened, so very glad to have you here, and I know you're always uh, very much up on all these poker stories, so uh, you're definitely a good one to have to discuss uh, all the matters that we're going to have tonight, and you know, however long you can do it, that's great, and whenever you need to leave, then just drop off, and if we're not done yet, then I'll finish it off myself, but I don't think it's going to be a super long show tonight, so I
2: think if you have a few hours, that'll be enough. Yeah, that'll work fine. What's uh, what's on the agenda tonight? So here's the agenda.
1: Taylor Tidomeski T. Domsky, I don't know how you pronounce that on 2 Plus 2, but uh, Taylor Douglas is his real name. He has scammed a pool on 2 Plus 2 for $15,000. This is not alleged anymore. This is true. He admitted it. Uh, This is a pool. I think it's like an NFL survivor pool. It doesn't really matter what the exact pool was, but uh, he was holding the money, and he took it and used it for himself, and it's gone. So... Uh, the interesting thing about Taylor Douglas is that he was someone who was very active on 2 Plus 2, a long-time high-stakes player who, in fact, was always calling out scammers and putting down people who scammed. So it's almost like finding out that I scammed someone. Not quite, but kind of like it. So it's very surprising for some people, but not all that surprising for me. And I'll explain why, and I'll get your opinion on that as well. Big mess going on down in Bodog. I, I don't know if everybody's heard about this, but uh, Bodog's offices in Manila, in the Philippines, have been raided as the result of a civil war within the company. Really, really strange story, where Bodog is basically coming apart at the seams. Now, I, I'm not saying it's unsafe to play there, you should get your money off, I'm not saying any of that yet, but uh, it's a very unstable situation over there right now. There's a lot of bitterness between the existing... People at Bodog And various employees who were fired And in fact arrested and indicted For various crimes including embezzlement So I'll talk about what's going on over there And uh, just a really weird situation But I think it's something everyone should know And of course Bovada is the US facing branch of Bodog Greece They have forced online poker sites to make tax treaties with them And the rates of these tax treaties have made it basically impossible to show a profit playing poker. I don't know how anyone's going to continue playing from Greece, given the way the tax is now. The big problem, in a nutshell, is that you have to pay a lot of tax when you win, and when you lose, you can't deduct losses. So when you lose, you just lose, and when you win part of that goes to tax, like an additional huge rake. I don't see how anyone can beat it. We'll talk about that. Well, let's say you're not a good poker player. Let's say you like poker. Let's say you wish that someone could play for you, with your money, but someone could play for you.
2: Perhaps now, a is... apps being offered? Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, yeah. So, of course, this is known as staking, but uh, how about a site that specializes in that, where... You just go on the site, send them your money, they'll play poker for you, and they'll tell you if you won or lost. Sound like a good idea?
2: This has worked well before.
1: Yeah, it worked very well on this site. So uh, there's a new site called Poker by Proxy that does just that, and uh, I'll read some of the text from that site. Everybody can have a good laugh. Obviously, uh, (laughs) that's a a huge scam. They're advertising on Craigslist, though. They've got to be legit. Well, Hero Poker... Hero Poker has returned if they, I don't know if they have Or they're going to return But they're coming back They left the poker world for a while After uh, leaving the merge network And then they're kind of uh, Just drifting Without any kind of network But they've they've latched onto the microgaming network Hero Poker's coming back No, they're not a sponsor here The iPoker network They are removing tables, especially a lot of limit hold'em tables, and removing dollar-based games. When I say dollar-based games, what I mean is they are a non-U.S. facing site, meaning that uh, well, you can't play if you're from the U.S., but still a lot of their games are in dollars, as are games on most sites around the world, even if U.S. players are not allowed. That's just kind of the world currency at the moment, the dollar. Well, the dollar tables have been removed on iPoker, or will be in a few days. And the big story about this is that it might be a hidden way for them to raise the rake. And I will talk about that. And uh, we'll see if you agree with me, if that's what they're really doing. Finally, I'm sure you'll love this segment, Bad Guy 23 has been complaining that I have been taking his ex-girlfriend Josie's side against his. He thinks I've pretty much violated the bro code that he's done so much for this show. He's appeared on here so many times, he's been so supportive of me, and I've been such a jerk in letting his ex-girlfriend come on here and accuse him of stealing Vicodin and other bad things. Uh, Now, he has not come on here to defend himself. He came on a different show on this site to defend himself, but he, he has not come on here. I do not see him tonight, but if he does appear, he is welcome to call in. I told him that I'm not censoring his point of view, that on this show and on this site, whoever wants to speak in their defense always can. I mean, even Russ Hamilton could. If Russ Hamilton wanted to register an account here and say, I want to explain what I did, I wouldn't ban him. I'd say, sure, go ahead and explain it. I, I don't care who you are. You can come here and explain what you did. You can explain your side of things. And Bad Guy 23 he can do that not only on the forum, he can do it on the show. He seems to think that I'm taking his girlfriend's side. I'm not. I've just given her the voice to talk about him. And I think after he has made such a spectacle of himself on this show, I think that he's definitely someone who should be open to such scrutiny. He isn't just, like... It's not like I just picked on some listener. It's not like I was just looking in the chat room and say, you know what, I'm going to pick on Hockey Guy. I'm going to go find Hockey Guy's ex-girlfriend and put her on the show and have her say all these bad things about him. Now, that wouldn't be nice of me to do, but he's Hockey Guy, while well, he's a loyal listener to the show and he's donated to the free rolls many times, and I appreciate that, uh, he's not a character on this show, aside from saying, fuck you, Druff, in the chat. He does do that. But aside from that... I'd be picking on a listener and, and delving into his personal life where I don't belong. But here, bad guy 23 puts his personal life front and center. I mean, he actually had us prank call his mother before on a different show. He offered that I prank call his mother last time that uh, he called this show. So this is someone who always puts his personal life front and center. So when someone else wants to come, call and give a different perspective on his personal life, I think it's only fair they get to do so. And if you don't want that, then you shouldn't come on here and make your personal life on the show such a spectacle. But I will give him the opportunity to come on here and speak about it. Now, I know, seriously, serious, uh, you, you don't love bad guy all that much, do you?
2: No, me and bad guy, we go way back.
1: <laughs> okay, so, you know, for some reason, the call between me and you accidentally gets disconnected during that segment, I will understand. But, uh, of course, you're welcome to stay. And I, I have a feeling he may not call tonight because he has not been seen today.
2: I'll admit, I'll admit that I have never been a fan of Bad Guys Collins, but no Bad Blood or anything like that. I, I made some jokes about about uh, his alleged girlfriend's suicide, but that was that was all fun and games, nothing personal. I, I think that Hatchet has been buried. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see if he calls in. He may appear later. Uh, he claims he has internet
1: where he's staying right now at Grandma Rosa's, but you would think if he did, he'd be in the chat right now. I mean, he knows this show's on at this time, and he's not here. But we'll see. If he wants to call in, he can. If he doesn't, then he won't. He was trying to say to me, oh, I won't call into your show, I'll call into other shows. I'm like, okay, fine. You know? If you don't want to defend yourself, great. You know, that's, that's up to you. I'm giving you the chance to defend yourself. I give everybody here a chance to defend themselves. And I will never say to someone, you can't come on here and give your side. Anyway, let's uh, let's get going to the first topic. The free roll. If you want to really really hurry, you can get there. It began one minute ago. So if you can go back in time a minute, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, I'm not asking you to go back in time 20 years. Just get in your car, drive 88 miles per hour. Something will happen. the The road will turn like glowing. Uh, like like glowing stuff will follow your tires and and. You'll be back at least a minute And you can play the free roll Otherwise uh, you're out of luck You'll have to wait till next week So first topic on our agenda Taylor Douglas Also known as T. Domsky, Has scammed On 2 plus 2 He scammed a survivor pool Now I'm going to admit I'm a little bit ignorant As to what a survivor pool is Do you know what it is?
2: I believe a survivor pool is uh, it's an NFL game where each week you pick a team that uh, you expect to win. And throughout the season, you can only use one team up per week. Once you've used a team up, then you're done. So if you started the season using the Patriots, you can no longer use the Patriots. after. Anyway, as soon as, uh, as, soon as the team that you select loses a game, then you're out of the pool. I see. So it's pretty much you're, you're picking a team but a different
1: team every week to win, and whoever keeps the longest winning streak going is the winner. Is that the way it goes?
2: Yeah, I think you just play down. Uh, if, if there's one man standing uh, halfway through the season, then he wins. Or I don't know what happens if there's multiple people still left at the end of the season. I imagine they would just chop it up. Okay, well,
1: he was holding $15,000, and apparently that money is gone. So on November 20th, six days ago, someone made a gimmick account over on 2plus2 named Scammer Alert. Someone who didn't want to say who they were, obviously, but who knew the story, and they posted the following on Two Plus Two: T. Domsky is a liar and a thief. Posting so nobody else lends him money. He escrowed a 15k NFL Survivor pool and degend away all the money. Given this information, I would advise against giving him any money in the future. Good advice. So, uh. This survivor pool was started on August 1st, 2013 I guess he's run this for a while And people trusted him He's been part of the poker community for quite some time His registration date On 2plus2 was 10 years ago October 2003 And this was a guy always vocally coming out against scammers This was someone that everyone trusted
2: my understanding is that his reputation uh, among the community is impeccable, and even um, even just in that particular subsection of the community, he had run Survivor Pool, one just last year, uh, of a similar size that he paid out very timely, and one of the more trustworthy people as far as escrows go on 2 Plus 2, as far as I know.
1: Yeah, so this is a guy who's been around 10 years at least, and no one ever had a problem with him. He ran previous Survivor Pools like this, and everything was fine, as you just said. And uh, people could not believe this, but usually when these scam stories appear, there's some truth to them. It's very rare that something like that appears and it's completely made up. So, he actually responded. Here's what he wrote. Hey guys, I have no issue with whoever outed me. I wish it would have not been done on a gimmick account, or at least would have given me the opportunity to make this right before the pool ended, but I fucked up here, and that's that. As I mentioned earlier, outing me will not affect you getting paid in the manner I laid out at a minimum. So he, he's already annoyed that someone is is bringing this out anonymously. Why why should this bother him? I mean, if he's guilty, he's guilty. Who cares who bro- brought it out? I mean, it's, uh, you should only be mad at an anonymous person doing this if uh, if they're saying something that either isn't true or isn't the community's business. But uh, this is definitely the community's business. So uh, he goes on to write the following. I self-banned myself earlier today, this is from 2plus2, in an attempt to get focused on the current task at hand, so unfortunately cannot respond, haven't even seen the post, but was alerted to its existence. So I think this is an email he's writing to people. This wasn't even on 2plus2. I mean, it was copied over there, but this was uh, he didn't post this directly. If someone could be so kind to pass this along as a response, I would greatly appreciate it. And now here's his official response that uh, is supposed to be posted on 2plus2, though whoever posted this just posted the whole thing. So I guess the beginning I just read was an email to the guys involved and now the following is to everybody. All comma. That that already bothers me. I hate when people start a letter with all comma. You you don't have to do that. It's implied it's to all if you just start posting something. Do I ever say all comma? Do I start the show with all comma? If if you're not directing to any person just, just type. All comma just seems kind of douchey to me. What do you think?
2: It's very formal. It's a a salutation (laughs) to whom it may concern. I just don't like all comment.
1: It bothers me. Okay, so the allegations are 100% accurate. These are his words, not mine. I made a monumental mistake in running this pool and dipped into the escrowed funds around early October and started using them to play poker. Pretty bad. As I lost, I started chasing every dollar in what was the most degenerate six-week period of my life. I emailed all the winners of this pool earlier today and outlined my exact financial situation at the time of this pool's inception, the time of dipping into the funds, and the current mess I have put myself in now. I have outlined a minimum payment plan and will work tirelessly to have everyone paid in full as soon as possible as I possibly can. I have no interest in doing anything else but focusing on getting this resolved as soon as possible. Where have you heard all this before? Oh, JSOP, that's right. Sound just like JSOP. I will never be running another pool on 2 plus 2, selling action on 2 plus 2, booking bets on 2 plus 2, or doing anything else that involves me touching money. I have currently self banned myself from 2 plus 2 to focus on the task at hand and gave all my contact info to the parties involved. I would like the opportunity to make it right in a timely fashion before this becomes a public bashing that will ultimately ruin any future opportunities to get legitimate work that I will seek once this is resolved. I will be upfront as possible with all the victims from this point forward. I will not run from them, and I will not hide. As soon as this is made right, I will have someone post or post on this thread, and then would like to take a life ban from 2 plus 2 so I can get my life together and hopefully on track. I'm sorry for disappointing so many people with this mistake, I have been a trusted member for ten years and now have thrown all that away with a horrible decision making. I do not deserve two plus two anymore. I am truly very sorry and feel horrible, Taylor.
0: Hmm.
1: So he doesn't deserve
2: two plus two anymore. I didn't know two plus two is something you can deserve. That you know, I think most of that letter was written very well. The last bit, I don't deserve two plus two. The self-loathing, <laughs> that that kind of. Uh... That puts a sour note at the end, unfortunately. I
1: don't deserve nice things. I don't deserve you guys. You're all so great.
2: I'm so terrible. I don't deserve 2 plus 2 anymore. It's a little bit of the victim card. Really not necessary. (laughs) So, okay.
1: First, I have to say that I believe what he's writing here in the way it happened. I don't know it for a fact. He could be lying. He could have just been an outright scammer, but I don't think so. I have to believe that someone, especially with the history he has... Uh, went broke and said, oh, man, I've been running so bad. I've been running so bad. If I could just have a little bit more money, I could beat these fish. Oh, man. But I'm broke, though. I, I I don't have a way to keep playing. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I do have some money to keep playing. I have that $15,000. No, 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 no. I can't, I
3: can't do that. I can't do that.
1: Well, you know, these people I'm playing are so bad and, and I bet I can beat them and no one will ever know. I'm sure I'll win I mean I'm sure with 15k I can get it back I'm sure at the very least I can break even alright alright fine I'll do it I mean I I probably shouldn't but I'll I'll do it it'll be fine no one will ever know I've been good for 10 years I can do this one time no one will ever know I bet it's something like that and then he lost all the money not making excuses it's terrible it was stealing he was holding their money A lot of people get confused when they're holding money for others that it is not theirs, that they absolutely cannot touch it for any reason. It is not okay to touch other people's money and spend it with the belief that you will get it back before they know. Just because you don't intend to steal from people does not mean that you are not stealing from them when you touch their money. You are. The second you take someone else's money, even if it's currently in your possession... We're stealing it. And that's exactly what they did over at Full Tilt. That's what Howard Lederer did, that's what Chris Ferguson did, Ray Bittar, Ray First, and that whole gang, they took your money and spent it thinking you would never know, and you'd be able to get your money when you asked for it, and that's all that mattered. And that's what this guy did here. Now, he's not defending it, he's not saying he was right or it was okay. Uh, But here's what I didn't like, uh, aside from I don't deserve 2 plus 2 anymore. I didn't like the self-ban. Now, the self-ban at first sounds very noble. He wrote... Um... Where is this about the self-ban? I self banned myself earlier today in an attempt to get focused on the current task at hand, so unfortunately cannot respond. So at first that sounds really noble. He's so serious about getting everyone paid back. He's so seriously serious. Oh, sorry. Uh. He's, he's so serious about getting everyone paid back that he's banning himself from 2 plus 2 so he won't have the distraction of all this stuff. He won't have the distraction of 2 plus 2, which he no longer deserves anyway, to get in his way. Because, you know, you, you can't make money if you have access to 2 plus 2. You, you can't concentrate on paying people back if you have access to 2 plus 2.
2: Yeah, the only way that makes any sense is if he has some crippling 2 2 addiction. Right. And he just can't stay away from it. He can't focus on poker because 2 2 keeps bringing him back in. Right. So this is what I already don't like that part. And
1: this reminds me a little bit too much of Lock Poker, what they just did. Lock Poker banned themselves from 2 2 also. They left. They said, all right, we're, we're not going to have our forum here on 2 2 anymore. We're going to have our own forum where. Only certain people are allowed to post, and we moderate
2: everything before it appears. I think that 's different. I think Locke did that just to quell dissent and to be able to censor and silence people and not have to deal with them
1: yeah, but I see, I think he 's also doing this not to quell people or not to quell dissent or to quiet people, but I think he 's doing this so he does not have to answer to anyone that he doesn 't have to have a dialogue with people that uh this the only reason to ban yourself from two plus two as he says you know he says it 's a to get focused. I mean, get focused on what? Why do you need to ban yourself to get focused? I think he does not want people giving him a hard time, demanding answers from him, and then getting pissed when he doesn't respond. So he's basically saying, I'm not responding to anyone about this matter, except for a few people I'm dealing with directly on email. F you all, you don't get to ask me any questions. I'm making my statement and I'm banning my account. So therefore, I can't see your responses, and uh, I'll never respond to you. And I hate when people say things like, I haven't even seen this yet, when it's some like major thing about them. Of course he's seen it. This guy's been on forums for 10 years, and he just did something, and it has come out, that has ruined his reputation. You think a big forum guy like that is not going to read posts about him? It may not feel good to read, But I don't believe that he had to have someone alert him to the fact that there's a post about him. This all looks to me like a way to avoid having to deal with the consequences of what he did. That's not to say that he meant to scam anyone. That's not to say he won't ever pay anyone back. That's saying that he really doesn't want to face the music aside from admitting it. He he wants to drop an admission and then not not continue answering anyone about this except for the few people who are directly
2: involved. What do you think? I feel I I disagree a little bit. I don't know this guy. I've never met him before. I actually haven't read that much of his activity on 2 Plus 2. But if I were to guess, just reading off of what he said, I believe pretty much everything that he wrote. I think he really had no intention of dipping into that money. Uh, He has a long track record of good behavior, and I think that has to count for something. It's not like a Jacep or a Templar who just comes out of nowhere. You have no idea who this guy really is. And then when they steal all your money, you can – you can say, oh, well, we're never getting that back. This guy was a scammer from the start. And when he, even when he says things like, I don't deserve two plus two, or he self-bans himself, I think he really feels terrible, awful. It probably makes him sick that he did this. He, he's probably experiencing self-loathing uh, that he did this. So even though he's being a little bit melodramatic about it, I don't think there's any deceit there. And you're probably right that he's uh, self-banning because he doesn't want to face the music. But I think that has a lot more to do with uh, a great sense of guilt. I actually do fault him for one other thing that we can talk about a little bit later, but not um, not the self-ban. Not the self-ban, okay.
1: Well, we have fairly close views on that, just a little bit different. Uh, So uh, the other thing I didn't like, and maybe it'll be the same thing as as you feel here, uh, was the pledge that he's never going to run pools again or handle money again. So... Why is he been well, pledging that's that? That's
2: just funny. That just goes without saying.
1: Like, like Yeah, why, why make that pledge? It's like Jerry Sandusky saying, I'm so sorry for what I did, and I promise for the rest of my life I will never be alone with any boys ever again. Well, yeah, of course you won't. I think even if he wasn't in jail the rest of his life, he wouldn't be al- alone with boys ever again. It wouldn't be allowed. So he can come out with his generous offer that this won't happen again because he'll make sure never to run another pool or sell action or book bets. Well, of course not. No one's going to trust him. So that's, that's nothing that he's offering to us. There's no, that's nothing he's doing to rectify the situation. There's nothing he's doing a, as a, an act of contrition. He's just stating a fact that no one's going to trust him anymore. And he's, he wasn't even saying it in a way like, I know none of you will trust me to do such and such. He's making a pledge that he won't do this, which I thought was kind of stupid because it goes without saying. Now, was that what was bothering you or there something else that was getting to you there?
2: No, my, what bothers me is is the way he plans to make this right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, well, I, I had that too, I guess. I guess there's a third thing
2: bothering me. So, so
1: go ahead. Uh, you, you you can speak first on this one.
2: Well, the some of the people that were involved in this pool uh, contacted him privately. He is self-banned, so this none of this discussion is public. But one of the, uh, one of the people uh, was contacting him privately and asked him, you know, how are you going to make this right? And his plan to repay everybody is to just keep playing poker. Uh, I guess he's getting backed or staked or something, and he's going to try and pay them out that way. But apparently, he has uh, a finance degree. He could, you know, get a real job, which is oh, really? what uh, this person suggested. And his response was something like, "Uh, no." Yeah, they're no, like, I'm "Not a, gonna do that." Yeah,
1: they're like, "Hey, you have a finance degree. Instead of playing poker on other people's money, how about just getting a job and paying us back what you stole?" And he said back.
0: <laughs>
1: so, I mean, I I didn't know about the finance degree. I. I knew that he was resisting getting a job and was trying to get staked to pay back. But I was of the belief then, and not anymore, that he was just your typical young poker degenerate who has no skills to make any kind of real money outside of poker. And with those guys, the sad fact is you're never going to get your money back from them unless they can make it through poker. Because what are they going to go do, take a minimum wage job at McDonald's? I mean, they, you're never going to see like large sums of money back from these people if they have to take a low-paying job and just barely scratch by. They won't have any additional money after paying their basic expenses to pay you back. So I thought, well, maybe he can find some people to stake him and just be really, really careful on uh, collecting the money from him. But it looks to me like, uh, you know, from what you're saying, he has a finance degree and he's Resisting getting a job That that does show I, I, I don't know if it's some degree Of not taking the situation totally seriously Or just uh, Not wanting to Really suffer the consequences That he deserves to suffer Like you, When that happens you should go get a job Unless you have an immediate stake, staking deal In place That's likely to Have a good shot at recovering Some of the money um, You should go get a job even if it's just for
2: 6 months or whatever you need to pay people back it's stubbornness it's stubbornness it's saying no i don't want to i want to do it this way i i want to stay in the action i don't yeah. want to go out into the workforce i i understand if you've been uh you know you've been playing poker for 10 years you've been out of the workforce for so long maybe it's hard at least try you know i how sorry are you really i mean i'm i'm um i'm conflicting myself now but but you know, it, it does. It begs the question: how how bad about this? Do you how how committed are you to making things right? If, you, if you're not going to make this effort, yeah, it if does. You're, uh...
1: right. It, it does sound like I'll pay everyone back provided I can continue playing poker and do well on other people's money. Th- then I'll pay everyone back. But um... I also
2: wonder: what if uh, what if the state goes bad and he owes a backer now? What? You know, who gets priority as far as both debts go? Well,
1: the backer would have to get priority or nobody would back him. And I've discussed that before on this show, where it's unfortunate that one person should get priority over another, especially one who's newer into the whole game with uh, with being owed money. But the thing is, if someone is backing someone else who is heavily in debt with the understanding that they're going to pay some percentage of what they win to the people they owe money to, the only way someone would ever back that person would be if they were guaranteed their money first. Otherwise, uh, it's a free roll against you if you're the backer.
2: And I you- suppose that makes sense. But unfortunately, that means that the uh, the survivor pool guys go to the back of the line. Yes. And it's totally understandable why they may not like this uh, exact plan of action. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's that's the other unfortunate part. And But uh, but I can understand from the staker's point of view, like, hey, I'm not going to stake you and then be paid last. Like, there's no way. Like, because There's a good chance you could lose, too. So yeah, at sure. least if you win, I, I want to get the money, and I want to get it first. And I, I can see, it like, if I was owed money, I actually would allow this. I actually would not object to this. As much as it would hurt me to see the staker getting paid before me, I'd say, look, it's either this or I don't get paid at all. So the staker can risk his money to maybe get me paid back, fine. I'll let him get access to it first, as long as I really believe that I'll get the money second. So, uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll see if this even happens A lot of times when these sort of scam things happen, it seems like we we get one of two responses. Either no response. The person either runs off and says nothing or quickly posts some BS response, making excuses, and then disappears. Or something like this. A seemingly heartfelt, I'm so sorry, I can't believe I did this, I'm going to make this right sort of post with a pretty low percentage of the time where they actually do end up making it right within a reasonable amount of time or ever. So this guy might be different because he's been around for so long. Um, I know what it feels like to not want to get a job after 10 years because I last quit my job in the middle of 2003. So I've been out of work for over 10 years. And to go back to a regular job, and I don't mean a job like uh, something I'd really enjoy, like like you know managing an online poker room or something. But um, you know, let's say I got went to, back to like a programming job. That's what I had before I, I quit to play poker. I was a programmer. I I didn't hate programming, but I I wasn't doing my own creative projects. I was being forced to program what I was told to program by my boss. And when you do the same thing over and over and over again, you get bored. So. I would not look forward to being forced to get up every day and go to a job and do what the boss tells me and be under his schedule and everything else that comes with working after not working for over 10 years it would be very tough to transition back to that and I can understand why this is not appealing to this guy to do but the difference is I didn't scam people I'm not, broke, I'm not a broke scammer I, I'm not a broke guy who owes people money Because I stole the money I was holding for them When you do that, that's when you have to take your lumps You have to do things that are not as pleasant You have to do things that before you didn't picture You would ever have
2: to do Is it really fair to call him a scammer? No, I, the, that, that's His side of the story is true I, I feel that labeling him a scammer Implies that he set out with the intent
1: I, I agree, that's why I kind of corrected it Like, yeah, He's not a scammer, he's someone who uh, who Stole money, is what I'll say He stole money uh, to feed his gambling addiction, is the best way to put it. But uh, he he still stole money, though. You you can't get around that. And I I think it's always important to understand. The only way it's somewhat forgivable is if someone lost the money, even through carelessness. I'm not saying it's good, but you know, let let's say someone was holding the money in cash at their house, and uh, they they left for half an hour and said, ah, "I don't need to lock the door. I'm leaving for half an hour." And then someone uh, you know, walked in and took the money. I'd be pissed, but at least they 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 didn't steal it. They just were careless and let it get stolen. You know, provided I really believe the story, of course. But you know, when you actually knowingly steal money that you're holding for people, you can't say, oh, you know, it was a degenerate moment. I, this isn't like me. I shouldn't have done it. I, I, I can understand how that doesn't label you a scammer or a thief for life, but you did steal. And you, there should be some act of contrition beyond... I'll work to pay everyone back. It, sh- it should be that you really, really, really dedicate your life to finding a way to pay these guys back if you really feel that feel that bad. And I'll tell you, if I felt that bad, if I stole from people and I felt so awful about it, I would get that job uh, at McDonald's if I had to, or wherever you know, whatever crappy job I had to get, live the most Spartan lifestyle possible, and and pay back uh, a little bit at a time. I guarantee you owe money to people. You start sending them fifty bucks a week or something; they're not going to say, "Oh, I don't want fifty bucks a week." Of course, they'll take the fifty bucks a week. It, it's just the the gesture that, that's showing that you're trying to pay back. What people well, what hate it comes, is-
2: when it comes to our attitudes, Todd, about owing people money, I, I suspect that you and I are a little feel a little bit differently about it than most people in the gambling community. Yeah, because people get desensitized to borrowing and lending money. To where it's just a really standard, commonplace thing, and it's just not such a big deal to owe people money. Whereas I'm guessing you haven't borrowed much money in your life, uh, if any at all, and I haven't either. And two summers ago, uh, something happened where I, I had a small gambling debt that I couldn't immediately repay, and I felt terrible. Hmm. It just, it, I felt sick to my stomach about it until until I got it taken care of. And I don't think a lot of people in the poker community necessarily get that same sick. Pangs of guilt, sort of feeling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I've never been in the spot where I've owed money and couldn't pay it. But if if I was, I would feel terrible, and I really would make every effort to pay that, even if it meant uh, you know not doing something I wanted to do, living a, a lower lifestyle than I wanted to live, or whatever. You know, I I would find a way or taking a job I didn't want to take. I would do that to pay people back if I, especially if I stole their money. So
2: You know, I, I think, I think uh, losing a little bit of your dignity is well worth being able to sleep at night. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So we'll see what this guy does. You know, Maybe he will get them paid back, and maybe they won't. Now, this guy actually had, of course, like most high-limit and medium-limit uh, poker pros who've been around, they, they had their better days where people would not have imagined that in 2013 they would be in this spot. Uh, here is a trailer... On YouTube, called The Poker Film, uh, involving him. It's a minute and a half. It's called The Poker Film, a film by Eric Strauss, produced by Nat Aram, of all people. A very long intro just sitting there. Here we go. Four college kids. Millions of dollars. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's a hot ride. So he's one of the four. What's up, man? Come on. The hot I mean, ride, bro. I just like ran really hot in two tournaments. Made like five hundred grand. So that, that was him. That was. They're showing four different people, but that he was. Uh, he was the first one to speak.
0: Osama,
1: please, please, one of them is that yellow dad, sub eighty six no, guy. Oh, yeah. Here he is again. Here, let me put this back. He's talking over him. They want to talk over the thief. I don't know. Jeff won a million dollars, and then we started like making a lot of money.
2: I guess sixty-five k in one
1: day. It was a pretty. Solid That's someone else. That's Taylor Bell.
2: Tonight we decided to call it Ladies Night. Yeah, Ladies Night in the House of Team Domes. There it is. Let's go.
0: Yeah, baby,
2: Rachel. At this jump. Yeah, everyone's chilling, having like, a good time, playing beer pong. We got a bartender. You want? To, let's just go play squirt Only a few of us go to jail, all right? So that's cool. I ended
1: up. 50- so there was there was some uh, like house party they were showing there.
2: Eight
1: hundred up on the sesh. That pays for the evening. And <laughs> You gotta be kidding me! That, that wasn't him. That was Yellow Sub. I won fifty-eight hundred on the evening. That pays for this on the sesh. He said. Here yeah, for the session. The I wish for the fifty eight hundred for the sesh, they pay us for the evening and the hookers. He just looks so awkward saying that too. I, I, I hope that wasn't actually true. I hope there's like a line for the film. It just looks listen to this again. I ended up 5,800 up on the sesh. I paid for the evening and the
2: hookers. <laughs> <laughs> that really that really made me cringe too the first time I saw that. Oh man.
1: That music is annoying too. But uh, there were so many like wannabe films like this I don't know when this was made, but there's so many like this that attempt to follow the lives of these young punk poker pros who got rich all of a sudden. And it's always trying to show them with the baller lifestyles and with the girls and they shouldn't have included that part about the hooker because it showed them with a bunch of hot girls. And now they're kind of implying that they were hookers. Like it should have implied. Is that what
2: it's implying? I I thought that despite the fact that there's tons of hot girls that come through the house, he still has to get hookers.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe maybe he's insatiable. This uh, again. This is not.
2: Uh... No, maybe he just has no game.
1: Oh you know, yeah. This this is that yellow sub guy saying that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I I would think that there's nothing to brag about talking about ho- getting hookers. Anyone could do it. As long as you have money, it's nothing. It doesn't matter how how hot the hooker is; she'll sleep with you if you have the money. Like there's there's nothing to brag about with that. So, I, I think they would have been better off just portraying that there's just hot girls coming through the house because these guys went from like poker nerds to being really cool somehow. So I, anyway, that he was part of that. Uh, little trailer. I don't think the movie it, was... They ever...
2: said it's the House of T. Domsky.
1: Right, right. It was the House of Team Domsky. so I guess his name was T. Domsky, And I guess that's what Team Domsky stands for.
3: It really does not
2: roll off the tongue.
1: Yeah. I, I don't even know what Domsky is. So, anyway. Taylor Douglas is broke, owes 15000 it's not clear if he will pay it back. And... This was his final statement regarding the job. Searching for a job. I've applied to 22 jobs. Playing on the side. Still aiming to start payments by December 15th and hopefully sooner. Willing
2: oh, to... is this a T. Domsky update? I guess. Yeah, willing to. Okay, take... so he, he is going to. He is looking into the job market. That's good. Yeah, uh, willing to take a temp job pretty much asap if nothing
1: permanent turns up soon. Well, I, that's good if true, but uh, I don't know. Looks very Jacep-like, about giving dates he's going to start payments. and Really, a lot lot like Jacep. We'll see if it ends up like Jacep, who, of course, ended up paying nothing. So, now let me give you my general commentary, not about uh, Taylor, T. Domsky, Douglas in general. But I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. When you have guys in poker, especially young guys who throw around a lot of money play high-limit games that you wonder, how do they have the bankroll for this? Even if they did well at one point, how do they have the bankroll to withstand a really bad swing? And I'm sure a lot of you have thought that when you've watched some of the nosebleed or high-limit games going and you see these guys playing one another and the size of the pots, you're going, how could these guys afford to have more than a few bad sessions? How much money could they have? Like I've thought that all the time. If the person who you're dealing with is someone who seems like a gambler. Someone who seems like they're reckless with money. Even if you've never heard anything bad about them. Even if they seem trustworthy. Even if they seem like a good guy. If they seem reckless with money in any way, they're not a good person to escrow. They're just not. Because you never know when this is going to happen. And the problem is, you can't go to someone who's been around for 10 years like Taylor Douglas and say, Hey, You've been around 10 years, you've been doing this successfully for years, but I don't trust you. Show me your bank statements. He'll give you the middle finger. He'll say, F you, everyone trust me. I've got a good rep. I don't have to show you anything. And and if you dare claim that he has to show you, you would get laughed off 2 plus 2. It would be said that his reputation speaks for itself. That you're innocent until proven guilty in these matters. Until someone has brought up allegations against you for scamming, you're considered trustworthy if you've been around for a while. But I think that you really have to look at the person holding the money and see if they have any kind of lifestyle issue that would cause them to be broke. Because the hardest thing to do is to be holding money for other people when you are broke yourself and especially when you need that money not just to pay basic expenses but also to continue playing poker yourself because you can't play poker with phantom money you need money in poker to make money so if you're broke you can't play anymore, that's it that's always why I've said that the victims of the UB scandal deserved a lot more than just a payback because a lot of them were taken out of action by this a lot of them could not continue playing after having their money stolen from them They lost that way, too. So so going back to this, anyone who has the potential to have chunked off all the money with degenerate gambling habits or playing above their role or whatever is not a good escrow choice. Even if they've been around, even if they play high limits, even if you've never heard anything bad about them, even if they've had a 2 plus 2 account since 2003. I mean, those are all good things, but that alone does not make them good escrow choices now what is a good escrow choice well someone like me would be a good escrow choice I'm not saying this to brag but you guys know that I don't have degenerate gambling issues you know that I'm responsible with money you can see by all my forum posts about trying to get back you know $15 that the phone company cheats me out of that I don't uh, take money lightly I think all of you, every single listener of this show, would be absolutely shocked, absolutely shocked, if you ever heard that I scammed everyone, or that I was broke. If you heard Todd scam people, you wouldn't believe it at first. And if you were convinced it was true, it would be one of the biggest shocks that you would have heard, as far as people in the poker world. It would be like that. You You wouldn't believe it at first. Because from what you know of me, unless I've been lying to you, or unless I abruptly changed, you know I'm a stable enough person to where not only would I not dip into your money, I wouldn't get my bankroll to the point where I would have to. And the hardest thing is to be broke but yet have access to money in your own bank account that you're holding for someone else that you think you might be able to borrow from. It's so hard to have that temptation there money that at any time you could touch and no one will know for months you have to be a really really good and moral person not to let that happen and the best way to avoid that from happening is to have people escrow who one, don't need the money whatever they're escrowing think about would this money change that person's life would this money be money they need at any point if the answer is no then they're a good escrow choice and is this someone who lives a lifestyle that's conservative enough to where they're not going to go broke so even if I think they're financially stable now do I think they're going to stay financially stable if the answer is yes they're a good escrow choice basically other than outright scammers anyone who has plenty of money is a great escrow choice because they have no incentive to steal it people have much more incentive to steal when they're broke much, much more.
2: I have a question. Yes. Why Why should, uh, if we want to gamble with people on the internet, why should we have to run this risk analysis? Uh, basically, why do we need people to be escrows? Like, I know that there are uh, there are websites that exist for certain uh, certain transactions, such as buying and selling websites like escrow.com. Are these not applicable to gambling transactions? Can you not just have a reputable site hold money until uh, a bet is settled? You can. They, they take a percentage, but I, I, I would think that probably in these cases it's
1: worth it because of how many times that people end up getting scammed. Uh, yeah, the and...
2: chance of getting rolled is the inherent vig to yeah. uh, gambling online. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, it definitely wouldn't be a bad idea to have some kind of service holding the money. I even know I, I have a little uh, fantasy baseball league that I do every year with some friends. And um, it's not a huge buy-in It's a $500 buy-in And I'm actually the one who holds the money But the software I use The website I use to do the fantasy baseball It it was rolling out offers For some sort of escrow service Which obviously we didn't need But it was just like that If you don't trust the guys you're playing fantasy baseball with You can all deposit into this thing It takes a small percentage from you And then uh, they distribute the money at the end So you don't have to trust anyone to hold it now, if it's... Uh, you, you
2: know how much the juice is for uh, services like that, typically? I, I think it was like 3% or something.
1: I think that might be the way to go. Yeah. I mean, for us, it wasn't because they knew they could trust me and it would be a waste of 3%. But, but in, in a lot of situations, that would be a great use of 3%. So... Yeah, that people should definitely look into that. But you you know these poker players, they just want something convenient at the moment. They just want to be able to ship the money to someone they know and that's it and not set up escrow services but and not lose 3%. But they probably should, is the truth. They really should. You you brought up a great point that there isn't necessarily a need for a trustworthy escrow guy. All right, so we have an unknown caller. I don't know how they're getting through. I thought I had unknown callers blocked here. but Oh, God. Let's see what this is call you around oh, the air
3: well, 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 what's going on here snap this guy off clean this is terrible radio <laughs>
1: why is it terrible radio
3: Holy why it's just, well it's just it's just repetitive it goes on and on and on we'll scan this scan that like uh, enough is enough okay like, so where? I just got back home you've been on uh, on the same topic for 45 minutes okay
1: okay so what we're gonna do here we'll end this topic right here. And we will give you, Team MLK, the chance to not be repetitive Because we all know that you are never repetitive on the show
2: Team MLK, give us your top ten Ric Flair moments Go <laughs> Well,
3: I don't even watch wrestling anymore
2: Okay, well,
1: give us but something I
3: used to watch wrestling, I used to be a big fan of uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels
1: Alright, that's very interesting So, tell us what you would like on this show you bring up a topic. Go ahead.
3: Well, I just like you guys. Like, I don't mind having a topic being discussed, but you go on and on and on. Like, I'm like, it just drives me nuts. Like, you go on. You guys be talking about that same topic for two hours. It's bad radio. No, Snap we just look. The, the show hasn't even been on me.
1: for an hour yet. We we have not been anywhere near an hour on this topic, and we're moving. We're moving on. We were just
3: about done. Well, you're not. You keep going on about it. No, we're done. It's it you talk about funds for 3%, and listen, like, it, it, this is not a poker radio show. It's it is a poker radio poker show.
1: It's called Poker Fraud Alert Radio.
3: Well, it's not, because you're talking about uh, some sports betting, I, I don't know what the hell you're yeah, talking uh, about. Yeah, between
1: poker players.
3: Anyway, good Josie or somebody calling. Shout out to Josie. Like, save the show, this is awful. Okay. But snap it off. Like, okay. I like the radio. He's right. This is off. I want you to snap it off.
1: This should you're, stop right You're now. right. I, I should snap it off. All right. I did that. I snapped it off. So let's go on. So, next topic, Bodog. There was a raid in the Philippines. Of the Bodog Asia offices Also the Bodog customer service offices Which are in the same location Uh, Hell, before we even get going Let's see what we get I mean, TMMK wants some variety So rather than go into a dry news topic Let's just Why is this making that noise? God, I hate this new Skype I'm trying to enter the phone number And it's actually dialing touchstones. Okay, here we go. We're going to call Bodog and see what we get because supposedly their customer service is down thanks to this raid. And then I'll explain what happened.
3: We're sorry. We are currently unable to take phone calls due to our overseas call center being offline. <laughs> our web and all online services are still available and operating as usual. For assistance, please consult the help section of our website or contact us via email at service at bovada.lv. Note that due to significantly reduced staffing, it may take up to 48 hours for us to respond. Jeez. We hope to have phone service restored within 24 hours, phone or service. we'll otherwise provide a
4: further update. Thank you for your patience.
1: They're acting like they got their lines disconnected. But no, uh, th- so that's Bodog. Uh, I-, I guess it's Bovada's number now, but Bovada is a- the U.S. branch of Bodog. So as you can hear, that's not a, good news message to get when you're trying to call the poker site that's holding all your money.
2: Wait, this center in the Philippines was just a customer service um, a call center, right?
1: Well, it was both that and and a headquarters for Bodog Asia. So, But yes, they got all their customer service people kind of knocked out by this. I'll explain what happened. Uh, so, so basically, Bodog, up till now, has been one of the most stable poker and sportsbook brands uh, amidst the turmoil that has plagued our industry for the last ten or so years. I mean, look at all that has happened. The first they got their domain seized a number of years ago. I think like Kansas took it or something as part of a lawsuit. So bodog.com couldn't be reached for a while. So they became bodoglife.com. Now, any other site you think would get just crushed by that, but somehow they just survived. They weren't even affected that much by losing bodog.com and then then they eventually got it back. Uh, there's Black Friday, which didn't directly get them, but you know, they weren't part of that for some reason. Uh, There was an indictment of their founder, Calvin Air. He can't ever come back in the U.S., and he has to look over his shoulder all the time. Uh, There was a second round of busts of sites in uh, 2011, later, after Black Friday. Somehow they dodged those two. Uh, They've continued to be the most reliable and trusted U.S.-facing room. And, And this is despite the fact that they've been offering sports betting, which is something that really pisses off the U.S. Department of Justice. The DOJ hates sports betting much more than they hate poker. And yet, Bodog slash Bovada has offered both to U.S. players since the 90s. Or not poker since the 90s, but they've offered both for a very long time. And somehow, not only are they are still in business, their uh, cash-out times are, are the best in the industry right now for U.S.-facing players. So, Bodog was kind of built... To survive these sorts of catastrophes, uh, they're kind of like the cockroaches of the online poker industry, and I say that as a compliment. I really do. The cockroaches, you know, the I don't know if it's even really true, but it said that if there's a nuclear war, that the only if there's a serious nuclear war, that the only living creatures left would be the cockroaches. And uh, Bodog, they seem to be the only room that continues to operate the way they have been for a long time, despite everything that's been happening. They just kind of seem untouchable. And they really were built to survive. They're experts in payment processing better than every site. And that's how they've been able to survive, even despite the fact they've been they've made a lot of boneheaded decisions over the year, but they've they've never known they've never been known to be scammers. I haven't heard of any real scandals involving Bodog. I played on there a good deal myself for several years. I stopped playing when they made the tables anonymous, but uh, up till then I was happy with them for the most part. So all this, they've survived so much, and yet now they're imploding in a way. What's happening here, the reason you get that weird message is not because they didn't pay their phone bill, which is kind of the way they make it sound. What's really happened is there's a civil war in Bodog. They're starting to come apart under their own weight, and you remember when Tony G said, "On your bike," do you remember that?
2: Oh, did I lose my co-host? Serious, serious. hello. Well, uh, sorry, man. I was, I was, uh, I was busy. What? are we doing a radio show here? Uh, maybe. So, oh. okay, here's
1: here's Tony G. Telling Patrick Antonius to get on his bike. done for
3: On your bike, son.
1: On <laughs> my bike. <laughs> A few laps. Thanks, buddy. So that was uh, Tony G. telling... Patrick Antonius to get on his bike. Well... This all started because someone got on his bike at Bodog and didn't come back. I'm not even kidding. That's really what started this whole thing was a bike. A seven hundred dollar bike started this whole thing. According to a story on CalvinAir.com, so they're continuing to write on there. They have a Calvinair.com is it's an interesting site. It's kind of like a poker news site, except it's got kind of a cheeky attitude to it. It's not like seriously reported news. It's like real news with editorializing and, and uh, offensive photoshops and things like that. They, they're definitely not a very serious site, yet they tackle serious topics. And a few of the articles are written by Calvin himself, and the rest are written by guys working for him. So they've decided to cover their own situation, which is interesting. Because otherwise, there really wouldn't be very much info on this at all.
2: They do that a lot, actually. They cover themselves quite a bit.
1: Yeah, well, I give them credit for that. I guess if you uh, control the news, then uh, you know what's being written about you. So they, on their own site, wrote about this bike situation. According to CalvinAir.com, a Bodog Asia employee in Manila failed to return to work after what was supposed to be a five day vacation. And he did not return his company-provided motorbike, which was worth 700 bucks. So I, I guess, like he said, oh, I'm going on vacation for five days. He said, okay, cool. Took his vacation, and then when his vacation was over, he didn't come back. And a month passed, and he did not return to work. So Bodog Asia was like, crap, you know, what about our bike? Give us our bike back. So they actually reported the bike stolen.
2: So... Is that what you aspire to when you work in uh, Bodog, Philippines, the, the corner office and the company bike? Yeah, that <laughs> you can steal at the end. Instead of taking office supplies, they're stealing a bike. So so the guy stole the bike,
1: uh, apparently, but I, I guess that's not really what happened. Uh, it was reported stolen, and eventually it came out, I'm not sure how, that this employee was instructed by his bosses not to return the bike. They told him, take it and keep it. Instead, please use the bike to run various errands for us, and we're going to pay you $5,000 for these errands. So he quit Bodog Manila and kind of went to work for himself using the Bodog bike to run errands for other people who are still working at Bodog. Well, this kind of opened up the investigation into a larger conspiracy involving some very high-ranking people in Bodog, including Bodog Asia director John Robert Gustafson. I know, I know that sounds like a very Asian name to you. Um, and Bodog Europe CEO Patrick Selin, or Selen and several others. Now, what's going hold on here? Hold on
2: a second. I don't I don't understand. I'm not sure that I follow. What sort of errands was he running for so much money? That's that's a lot of money, isn't well, it? Well, yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, I'll get to that. So Okay. Uh, Basically, there was a lot of bad stuff going on at Bodog, according to calvinair.com. A lot of embezzlement, and um, there's a lot of stuff going on that uh, the very upper echelon of the corporation did not know about, where certain high-ranking individuals were just uh, taking money for themselves, basically. So, an October 14th column named different people as Co-conspirators here And they reported to the police in the Philippines And uh, were expecting charges to be filed Against these individuals That includes uh, uh, Bodog Asia Director Jan Robert Gustafson uh, Bodog Europe CEO Patrick Seelan um, so, uh, A person named uh, Jasmine Singh Arsilla Who uh, w- Was uh, a Philippine national And And uh, a former escort, allegedly Sylvia de Guzman Who was a Filipino-American Who was working there And uh, were suspected to be involved In a large Manila-based cr- crime organization And uh, it was also rumored That these two were Lovers of former Bodog executives uh, Another person named Sherwin Cotambo Who was an accountant that uh, teamed up with a former Canadian c- collection agent For Bodog Named uh, Robbie Grewall And they opened up a Western Union store For the payments company uh, And that they were both involved In some sort of uh, criminal activity Since going to the Philippines So Other people who were involved uh, Bodog's former CFO Arlene Albada, former legal counsel Jennifer De Los Santos Beloso, these are both Filipino women, legal assistant Mary Rose Suanino, driver Dalmasio Mendoza, and even the office clerk was involved, Mary Jane de Guzman. They were all conspiring with the the group in some capacity, according to calvinair.com. Bodog reported all this to the Philippine National Police and the National Bureau of Investigation the Philippine version of the FBI and uh, a big investigation was being done so here are the, here were the activities that were being investigated as of October 14th involving these individuals Fraud, extortion, embezzlement, forging documents, uttering threats, filing false criminal actions, corruption of a public official, using corrupt officials to plant narcotics, frustrated bank robbery. I don't know what frustrated bank robbery is. That, that would even rob a bank and act really frustrated while doing so?
2: Yeah, it's like in a uh, standing tall or falling down.
1: <laughs> that would be a good example of a frustrated bank robbery the attempted theft of companies and real estate with forged documents, theft of intellectual property, and even auto theft. That's for the bike. And they were expecting criminal charges to be filed shortly. This is on October 14th. Well, that was October 14th. What happened later? We're talking about a month and a half now. There was an indictment. Charges were filed in the Philippines against John Robert Gustafsson CalvinAir.com Referred to it as the wannabe Swedish Mafia. Basically, if you notice from these names It's a mixture of Swedish names And Filipino Names So you had local Filipinos and Filipinas There working in the office, which makes sense And you had guys from Sweden For whatever reason who were there And they were more in the uh, managerial positions So there was charges against uh, Gustafsson and uh, indictments uh, against uh, uh, Sylvia de Guzman, Sherwin Colombo, uh, and and a bunch of others. I won't bother to read all the names. Most of them I already read. Now here's an interesting story, also on calvinair.com, that it was said that on September 2nd, 2013, two and a half months ago, Members of this conspiracy, which which is probably what, it looks like about, in the list of names, looks like about 15 people, uh, attempted to withdraw a significant sum of money from a Bodog Asia corporate bank account. So, a bank employee at the Filipino bank was saying, well, I don't know about this. Like an individual shows up and says, you know, we're withdrawing all this money from this, not all the money, but a lot of money from the Bodog corporate bank account So the Filipina Bank official was saying I I don't know about this So so then Sylvia de Guzman Threatened this employee with violence And this employee Got scared I don't know why they didn't just call the police But uh, instead The employee pretended to cooperate But then made an error on purpose On the form Knowing that uh, It would later get rejected So that's what they did at first. Well, when this happened, when it got rejected, then Sylvia de Guzman went back to the bank, allegedly, the next day. And when it failed, she dropped several names she thought would bolster her case. She said, well, you know, uh, Jan Gustafsson said said I could do this. And she named all the other people that she was working with. They were higher up than her that she thought if she named them, that uh, the bank would let it happen, would let the withdrawal happen. Well, the bank manager still said, Look, I, I don't think, I, I still think something's funny here. You can't withdraw any money. Sylvia de Guzman allegedly threatened to cut out the bank manager's tongue if she didn't process the withdrawal immediately. So at that point, the police were called. Also, it's alleged that Gustafsson and friends tried to forge documents transferring ownership of a $4.6 million property from its rightful owners to their control. Now, I don't know if Bodog owned it or if it was just someone else, but uh, that's something else that's alleged that they did, this this group. Um, There's also allegations of extortion attempts and filing of false charges attempted to intimidate those who were trying to expose the full extent of their crimes. So, that was alleged on... uh, November 7th by calvinair.com Well, another twist occurred this past week. And keep in mind, the people I'm talking about here, Bodog Asia director, Bodog Europe CEO, these are not just grunts answering the phone for you. These are some pretty serious uh, players in Bodog, obviously. This story this week the story got even weirder Bodogs offices in Manila got raided by local police the officials were the, sorry the offices were raided due to a tip that Bodog's offices were involved with illegal local gambling in the Philippines a, a game that was known as a uh, juteng it's like I don't know, like street gambling this game juteng I don't know anything about juteng but uh, a tip was given to the local police that uh, Bodog was getting involved in booking bets for this Juteng, which is illegal. And Bodog is only allowed to exist in the Philippines with the agreement that they will not allow Philippine citizens to gamble on Bodog. So the Philippines were like, hey, we don't care who you let gamble on the site, just keep our citizens out of it. And Bodog was like, okay. So the their offices were raided this week, on November 21st, because someone accused them of violating that and booking bets for this game called Juteng for local Filipino citizens. Well, Calvinair.com is insisting that they did not do this. They're insisting that this was a setup. They're insisting that the people who they fired, the people that got indicted, Bribed local public officials to raid the offices on these false charges. So this is them striking back. Calvinar is basically saying, we got you guys in trouble for stealing from us, and now you have influenced local officials to accuse us of, of all these things we did not do to get us back for for busting you. So that is their story at Bodog as to what is happening. And as far as uh, John Robert Gustafsson himself, uh, there are some allegations on CalvinAir.com as to exactly what he was using some of the money for. For example, uh, he was submitting reimbursement receipts, allegedly, for his corporate credit card. You might say, what's wrong with that? If he spends money on company business, of course he should get reimbursed. Well, the problem was, a corporate credit card is paid by the corporation, so you don't get reimbursed. The corporation's already paying the bill. Yeah. (laughs) If that's true, that's a pretty moronic way to steal money from the company. Uh, Hey, can you reimburse me for the money I spent on the corporate credit card that you guys pay? That's That's got to be one of the dumbest crimes ever If that's really what he was doing Also It was said that he used Corporate funds, Bodog corporate funds To pay for his teenage son's Enrollment in the Manila International School The Philippines' most prestigious and expensive Private school So He wanted his son to go to a really nice school There in the Philippines And uh, just Bodog paid for it And Bodog never agreed to this But he just allegedly took money from Bodog, from their corporate accounts, and just uh, used it to pay for his son's school. Why not? Now, it was said that the way this was done, the embezzlement, was that um, Gustafsson did not approach the board of directors but rather submitted the bill for the school to the former CFO uh, that's that Ad- Aldaba woman, uh, for reimbursement, and then Aldabo, without looking into it, would just blindly request the issuance of a corporate check for him, and uh, that uh, Katambo guy and 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 Sylvia de Guzman would uh, would actually put through the check and uh, and sign the check. So there there are big audits underway right now. There. Assuming that they're, they've only just scratched the surface, they say that uh, $250,000 has already been discovered that Gustafsson himself stole from Bodog, but that the total, once they're done auditing, would end up in the millions of dollars. And they say more charges are expected to come in the next week against Gustafsson and his accomplices. So this is bad enough that a lot of the higher-ups at Bodog, especially associated with Bodog Asia, were stealing from people, or steal enough people stealing from the company. And that there was a, a big conspiracy involving like 15 people, but what's even worse is the fact that these people are able to retaliate with bogus charges of their own, with bogus tips of their own, and and, uh, getting local officials to raid the Bodog offices and shut them down. So the Bodog offices are allegedly shut down right now, not because of any kind of U.S. gambling issue or any kind of illegal gambling issue uh, having to do with the U.S. or uh, any other country that's outside the Philippines. They're shut down for supposedly taking bets from local Filipinos... On that weird Juteng game. Which they're insisting are false charges. But all the telephone reps for Bodog and Bovada... Were... Operating out of that office in Manila. So that's why you got that message... That I just called up and let everybody hear. Now I think I believe CalvinAir.com's version of events... They've really been known to be straight shooters for the most part. And this all kind of fits together, and uh, they even put up the links to the indictments that you can read if you want. So these people they're accusing of wrongdoing have been indicted. They they definitely look like they've done a lot wrong there with stealing from Bodog. So I don't think this is Calvin Aaron and friends just shooting in the dark against for, former employees it looks like there's a lot of validity to what they're saying. But this has really wreaked havoc upon Bodog. Their call centers closed at the moment. And some of their biggest executives not only were fired, but are now conspiring to try to screw with the company as much as possible. And they stole millions of dollars, apparently. So that's not very good. So, as a weird twist... I don't even know how to explain this one. There were three accounts that appeared on 2 Plus 2 to post about this. These were accounts that were newly registered this month and had posted about nothing else on the site besides this matter. The accounts' names were Gamester454, HardHitter111, and HardHunter555. Now, how likely do you think it is that these are separate people? Gamester454, HardHitter111, and HardHunter555. Obviously, HardHitter and HardHunter are almost identical. And they all have three digits at the end of the names. Uh, they're all posting about the same subject. Obviously, they're all connected, whether they're one person or whether they're three different people who are associated together. But um, whoever these people are, or this person is, is trying to incite panic on 2 regarding Bodog they're trying to make it look like Bodog is crashing and burning and making everyone panic and withdraw here are some things they said and again they're not saying this from any sort of insider standpoint they're trying to act like just regular old poker players who are concerned hey can anyone please confirm I heard from a source that set of Bovada's offices in the Philippines and the United States have been raided today got investments in that company so that's a lie So these fake accounts are claiming that they have investments in the company and that Bovada's offices in the Philippines and United States have been raided today. They don't have any offices in the United States (laughs) for obvious reasons, but I think that was said just to scare people. And and there was no raid in the United States having to do with Bodog or Bovada. But uh, if you listen to the way this is worded, it really sounds foreign. Hey, can anyone please confirm I heard from a source that set of Bovada's offices in the Philippines and United States have been raided today, got investments in that company. That sounds like broken English to me. Sounds like someone in the Philippines is writing this. Here's another post. I heard that Calvin, the founder... Comma, has been organizing numerous dummy corporations in the Philippines as part of his ongoing efforts to fully re- relocate the base of his worldwide illegal gambling and money laundering operations in the Philippines. Another post. No way. Got to move my money from that company. But if they are already closed, how will I be able to do that? Not already closed, but all the way all. But if already closed. How will I be able to do that? So that's trying to scare people into thinking that uh, you need to withdraw immediately. You know They're already closing down. How can I get my money off this thing, this person's trying to say. Another post. Very familiar situation that happened to Full Tilt with no money being paid out. I think they are going bankrupt. And one other post. I did just pull out of From Them, Better to be Safe... And to help other gamers, let's spread the word this is really alarming. So these are people who are masquerading as other poker players, or maybe people who have investments. And in, investments wasn't clear whether they mean real investments or whether they mean they have money on the site, you know, because they gamble there. But whatever, the, someone is really trying to trash Bodog on two plus two under these accounts and incite panic. And people have wondered if the ones writing these messages are some of those. Filipinos or Filipinas that were arrested as part of this scheme. And this is kind of one of their attempts at anti-Bodog propaganda to ruin the company. It's a very shady stuff. But obviously Gamester 454, Hard Hitter 111, and Hard Hunter 555 are all the same person. And obviously they were registered to do f- to create scares about Bodog. And I don't think it's a disgruntled former player. I think it's someone who really has something to do with that whole mess So We'll probably never know Who's writing that But uh, Interesting nonetheless Someone's saying It's got to be that bitch From Locke Poker I don't think so You know Even though Jennifer Larson Absolutely hates Calvin Eyre with a passion She used to work for him Prior to starting Locke And they hate each other With a passion I don't think it's her Because You know She can write She uh, Um I don't know what her nationality is. I don't know if she's American or Canadian, but she writes English very well. She, she doesn't write in broken English. I don't know what the IP address is of these people because this wasn't on my site. This is on 2 Plus 2, and they didn't reveal the country of origin of the IPs, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Philippines.
2: Calvin Ayer good... has done some really uh, great coverage of that lock poker situation and... Uh... I've written some pretty hilarious things about Jen Larson. Yeah, he has. And made so, some photoshops of her
1: too. Yeah, well, he actually wrote the first article, and the rest were written by a guy named Peter Amsel. He's Peter has been the one behind the photoshops and most of the articles. But I, but Calvin actually wrote the first article. He actually wrote that one himself, and he you know, that shows you how much he personally hates uh, Jennifer Larson, and for good reason. So, uh, but
2: oh yeah, no, I didn't mean Calvin Iron himself, just uh, the website. But, yeah, yeah, it's but it's, it's
1: funny though that he actually wrote it himself that first article. So, uh. But yeah, I don't think Locke is involved. Some people are alleging that on 2plus2. Oh, I think it's Locke. Oh, I think it's competing uh, card rooms. No, I, I think it's people involved in the situation, especially given the broken English and the real attempt to incite panic. It just... Especially if this, these are the same people behind getting their office raided based upon false alleg- allegations there. so Ugly story, and, and hopefully for Bodog's sake, this doesn't really destroy the company. Because they've they've weathered a lot, and then to have this bring them down—treachery from within—be pretty bad. It's kind of like watching an action movie where the hero is running around and the bad guys are shooting a million bullets at him, and none of them are hitting him. And he gets captured by the bad guys and tied up and looks like he's dead. And somehow he miraculously escapes and kills a hundred guards. And it just looks like the guy is indestructible. And then a few minutes before it's over one of his trusted friends just shoots him in the back and he dies. Kind of like that. So. I believe what they're writing on calvinair.com especially with indictments already being handed down there against Summ and the rest. So, Bad enough when you get it embezzled from, but to have your employees then Getting your offices raided Through corrupt local officials Is pretty bad So Moving on to our next topic Greece Not talking about the movie with John Travolta Talking about the country I've always said Greece is one of the biggest has-been countries of the world. Think of what Greece once was and what it is today. I mean, Greece still exists, but it's—they uh, th- were really one of the world superpowers at one time. Obviously, a very long BFA time. If
2: listener, I am Greek. will be very sad to hear this.
1: Yeah, I, that's right. He's—I really like I am Greek too. I, mean, I hate to say this, but you, you live in a has-been country. There's there's some other has-been countries too. There's uh, there's Portugal. That's a big has-been country. Uh, Mongolia Another has-been country That you can argue that uh, Mongolia really isn't If you consider China Um, Some people even considering France A has-been country And Spain definitely a has-been country When I say has-been countries I don't mean they're all bad I mean that uh, they're just not as powerful As they once were Maybe one day the US will be a has-been country But Greece Greece has decided to force online poker sites to make tax treaties with them. Greece was tired of online poker players in their country getting away with paying no taxes. So Greece basically approached online poker sites and said, either you make a tax treaty with us, or we are going to block you from our ISPs. So the poker site said, okay, PokerStars, for example, said, "All right, fine, we'll do it. Don't block us, please. We'll we'll do what you want." I can't blame them. You know, if you if it's either that or get blocked. I guess they have to. So they made the tax treaties, were unbelievably. Uh,
2: what's the exact numbers here? It's it's an unbelievable number here. It's like twenty percent, isn't it? Greece
1: has gotten these sites to agree to withhold 15% of winnings over 100 euro and 20% of winnings over 500 euro. Now, you may say, well, that's frustrating, but it's no worse than what we have to pay in the U.S. here. yeah, We have to pay much more than 20% of our winnings in taxes. Look at the guys who won the main event. I mean, of course, it depends how much you won, but 20% doesn't sound that bad. But wait a minute. It's not 20% at the end of the year. It's 20% at the end of the day. Now, why is that a huge difference? Because every day is considered independent. Meaning, if you... Well, let's say you win 500 euros today. You will get 20% withheld, meaning the Greek government gets 100 euros from you and you keep 400. But then tomorrow, you lose 500 euros. Well, in the US and in most countries, what you could just do is subtract that 500 you lost from the 500 you won, you're back even. You don't owe any you don't owe any taxes because you didn't make any money. Today you won, tomorrow you lost, you're even. Not in Greece. Because it's a different day. So that day you just don't pay taxes. Then let's say the next day you win uh, you, you went 100 euros. So they keep 15 of them, because you just won 100 euros. Then you lose 1,000 euros the next day. Well, you don't pay any taxes, but now you're, you're 900 euros down between those two days. And if you count the taxes you've paid, it you're, uh, you're an additional 115 euros down. Then let's say the next day, you win another 500 euros. Well, they keep another 100 euros. But wait a minute, let's add this up. You win 500, you lose 500. You win 100, you lose 1000. You win 500. Ignoring taxes, overall you're down 400 euros. Yet by Greek law and by these tax treaties, you will have paid 215 euros in taxes on top of that. So you will have paid to lose. You will have paid you will have paid taxes on losses. Now this can actually happen in the US but on a yearly basis it's very different. So in 2012 if you win $500,000 you'll have to pay whatever your tax rate is on $500,000 income and in 2013 if you lose a million dollars then you don't get to go get your money back that you paid in taxes in 2012. So yes you can be a net loser in poker and have paid taxes on what you won previously but at least it's on a yearly basis. A year is a long time. Here, it's a daily basis, which is ridiculous. So that means any time you have a winning day over 100 euros, you're paying either 15 or 20% of your winnings. So... I guess I didn't do the math totally right because I, I guess it's fifteen percent of the winnings over one hundred. Meaning, I guess the first one hundred isn't taxable, and then between one hundred and five hundred, then it's fifteen percent of that part, and then the after five hundred euros, it's twenty percent after that. But whatever, you know, the exact numbers don't matter. What matters is this is like a gigantic rake on every day of
2: poker you play. That there's no all way this to be- tax comes after rake, does it not? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're paying unbounded. rate too.
2: Well, yeah, it's, the, the tax comes
1: at the end of the day, whatever you're up for the day. They they take it out of your account and send it to the Greek government. But then if you lose the next day, if you lose it back the next day, you don't get the taxes back. So it's a killer. You're paying tax on, on every day you win, but you're not getting the taxes back from the days you lose. In every other country that I know of, it's not like that. In the same calendar year, you get to deduct your losses from your winnings as far as what tax you owe. So, this makes it pretty much unplayable in Greece. I
2: wonder how long it takes the typical break-even player to go completely broke under this taxable system. It shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't think it would take very long. I mean, it's awful. I can't believe that
1: uh, nobody realized the flaw in this. That's just absolutely awful. I can see Greece saying, "We're tired of these poker players making all this money and not paying anything in taxes. You know, let's be, we're we're going to force you to have people pay their fair share. Or we're going to block you. Fine, but have it be fair. This is just confiscatory. There's there's no way to win.
2: You can't win under these circumstances." I don't think it's that they don't realize how unfair that is. They probably simply just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, you said earlier I- that you understand you know, PokerStars' decision to, to say, okay, we'll, we'll make this tax treaty with you because what else are they going to do? Just let them get blocked. I wonder if this might set a very bad precedent and invite other governments to to start thinking, hmm, maybe, uh, maybe we'll talk to PokerStars and, and threaten them too. Yeah, it's very possible. Okay, uh, caller. I have a feeling I know who this is, but caller, you're on the air. Yeah, uh,
3: I'm back. Okay, time to snap this off. Anyways, I got some topics to talk about.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
3: Hello? Yes, go ahead. Is this seriously serious?
1: You just realized on the that? Line? About, okay, a, um, an hour and a half into the show, you just realized it's seriously serious? Well,
3: I didn't listen to the first part of the show.
1: Yes, the, the amazing discovery you've made is yes. This is seriously serious. Who's been speaking to me for the, like the last ninety minutes or more?
2: What's up, buddy?
3: Okay, why is this guy? Okay, why is this guy trolling me all the time? He's always hating on me on the forums and and whatnot. What's his problem?
2: Do you do you, do you really want an answer to that? I can give you yeah. I can give you a point by point reason why I'm always trolling you.
3: Yeah, well, you never told me before. I thought you we were okay, but then like lately, you've been like hating on me for no reason.
2: I, I don't hate you, Team M. Okay, I just don't like it when you call into the radio show. I <laughs> I find it annoying. I find it tiresome. I think that you're. I think this gimmick's already been done before, and it's been done better. And you are uh, an off-brand bottom set who <laughs> threatens to quit and then never does. An off-brand bottom set. I'd
3: be one to talk because you're always fucking trolling the forums for no reason and, and making raps and whatnot. So I don't see what the difference is. You've had like three raps on radio, so I mean, <laughs> you do the same thing that I do. What does that have to do with anything? Because he's saying that I do something that's repetitive, yet he's done multiple things that are repetitive as well. No,
2: he, so, no, it would be it, repetitive. Would be fine if it was good. But it's not. It's it's a joke. I think we all realize that your shtick is a joke. It's just like it's not a good one. If it was funny, if it was a funny gimmick, then by all means, repeat it over and over. I would be amused.
3: I understand, but the reason why I call in half the time is because you guys trade things on over and over, and I don't want to listen to it, and I'm going to save the show for that.
1: Okay, and so, you so, so you're, you're kind of like the that. gong I for us here.
3: call in the questions rough.
1: So, so you're like that's the gong show. Possible, you're like the gong on the gong show for us. When you think we're going too long, you call in to uh, bang the gong on us so we move on. Is that what you're doing here?
3: No, but also I call in sometimes, for example, when you're uh, talking about how you, you're you on the forum all the time and that's how you contribute and, and whatnot, but not financially. And then I question you about that. So I also call in when you guys are discussing things that I don't approve of and I want an answer.
1: Oh, you want an answer, okay. Well, here's some comments in the chat room. Hang up on this faggot. We don't want to listen to you. Uh, I'd rather listen oh, to Oh, but
3: Druff. they want my $300 I'm getting from money, I, though. It's $200. I'd rather oh, listen okay.
1: to Druff say the word no for five hours than listen to another second of this. Uh, now, there are some people in your, quarter, your corner. I like him, Druff. That's from Josie. Uh, Donkey Killer says, Team MLK, way better co-host. Uh, China Maniac yeah, says yeah. you're a top 10 poster So you do, you do have some supporters out there
2: But just that raises a good point That there is 200 bucks on the line And it might be worthwhile suffering Team MLK just to 40%. get him His 45 minutes in
3: Yeah so uh, 200. I, This is what I get for the form so, someone's I'm saying a, a, for the form. You're a top I'm 5 poster and,
1: and number 1 caller So you're not quite number 1 in posting it But you're top 5 poster number 1 caller These are yeah, At least you're getting a lot of praise here It may, may not be all that sincere but you're getting praise here I I'm uh, shutting off radio in 30 seconds it, if he isn't off the air. That's from Darkstar. Uh, Saw S- 24 saying money. how much time we got left, referring to the 200. You know, people are just counting down the seconds here until you don't have to be heard on here anymore. Oh. he has okay, nothing to say. To it's, to it's, it's, it's terrible, terrible radio.
3: NFL picks.
1: Okay, give your NFL picks, right. and then we we have to move on. Go ahead. Well,
3: no, I got fifty. I've got over 20 plus minutes unrated you see this is what I mean, you don't want money for the form you just want to fucking throw me off the air like brian mike on does but yet i'm giving money to your site you're giving to nothing your you're, you're
1: giving zero someone else is okay. giving money well,
3: excuse me i yeah but that's for me to be on the air yeah
1: but right? not at a time of your choosing There's no
3: difference you're going to watch a football game and you pay to pay the stadium but yet you're uh, giving the money basically to the players. I mean, that's how they get paid, right? Team
2: okay, I thought you said you had some topics. I don't topics. go to the
3: game and say, hey, players.
2: Hey, where's your topics?
3: Well, I'm giving my picks.
1: That's your, your, your topics or your topic, NFL please. picks. Okay, just, just, just give the NFL picks, then we have to move on.
3: Okay, I have 15 minutes on air. Are you not fulfilling what Team Money, uh, agreed to, or... Uh, Listen, I'll it be it the one who sets the timing on this show, after? not
1: you. So, so do you want to give the picks or not?
3: Yeah.
1: So, then do it. Give the picks. So,
3: okay. Well, this week I like Denver minus four and a half uh, over Kansas City. I like the Giants minus one over Washington. And this is my stellar pick of the week. New Orleans Saints over Seattle, plus five and a half for New Orleans. Like, what the hell?
1: Oh, boy, t- Tony Bagadonis is not going to like this.
3: Hey, go on. That is a TNMLK lock of the week. New Orleans plus five and a half over Seattle. Lock it up. That is the wormhole pick from TNMLK.
1: So, So T-M-L-K. if this loses, then can I not take your call next week?
3: No, yeah, I still have. If it loses, here's the question. If it loses, minutes. then can so I not you take done, your yeah. call
1: and and get credit for taking your call? Can I do that? Can that be the consequence if no, the lock loses? Can oh, I get like a 15 minute.
3: Tough. You agreed. Hold on a how, second. How about I have like a 15 you minute Team MLK
1: credit if it loses? Uh, well, what happens if it wins? Uh You get to brag.
3: No, 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 no. I'll, I'll take a bet with you, Druff. I'll have a 15-minute TMMLK credit if Seattle covers their 5.5 underdog. But if I win, I get 30 minutes additional time.
1: No, 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 no. You don't no, get no, odds no. here. You don't get odds. This is crazy. No, you can get 15 minutes additional okay, no, time. Okay, fine.
3: 15 for 15.
1: Fine. 15 we'll do, for 15. Fine. We'll do 15 for 15. I'll definitely be a, uh, a Seahawks fan this week.
3: Okay. Now I want to talk about something I've done recently. I actually went to Fox uh Foxwoods uh, uh, last week. Okay. What did you what did you play game. there? I played poker. No, but the Patriots what, game what, what poke did you holes. play
1: at Foxwoods? What game?
3: I played poker, limit holdem.
1: Really? So what what limit did you play?
3: Well, they have a variety of limits. But what did you play? I was going to play the pot limit Omaha game. Anyways, I don't want to talk about poker. I lost.
1: But you lost you brought it, it up. When you you say I went to Foxwoods, I played limit hold'em. But I don't want to talk about poker.
3: Well, because I didn't like it there. Like I couldn't find the place. Like I'm going all around, and, and there's like fifteen different casinos there that have different names. I'm trying to find poker, and I can't find it. So I was on tilt like fucking places and then I got a loss getting there because just the map quest and Yahoo maps they all lied to me and I'm turning I, left and meanwhile I have to go straight and I think off. you
1: are embarrassed about playing like 1-2 there I think you don't want people to know you played like really really low limit maybe like 50 cents a dollar limit
3: I'll tell you, I did not have 50 cents a dollar there I played 1-2 uh, no limit
1: you just said you played limit
3: yeah, and limited as well. I played five so this, this
1: sounds like a lie. I believe you tried to go to Foxwoods or tried to find, or maybe even did find it, but first of all, the fact that you knew that there's no 50 cent a dollar means you looked for it. Like, if you asked me which casinos <laughs> have 50 cent a dollar, I'd have no idea. Because I, yeah, I, like I, Obviously,
3: there's I, not. I looked on the... I did look.
1: But, like, I don't even know this because I don't even look for those games. Like, I, I know which limits exist that I play or consider playing. And the fact that, like... You obviously were looking for 50 cents a dollar and couldn't find it. You're like, oh man, i got to play 1 2. This is so high.
3: Yeah,
1: so. There, okay. So there we go. So, like, I asked you what limits you were playing. Like you didn't you want was... to admit it. You you didn't want to admit that you were a 1 2 player.
3: I played 2040 limits, I
1: think. Yeah, yeah, sure. You looked for 50 cents a dollar, but oh, then you and... played 2040. Yeah, okay. Don't believe that one.
3: Anyway, so the, the Patriots game was so cold that. Uh... I couldn't
1: even watch it. So, you tried to go to the Patriots game? I
3: didn't try
1: Yeah. Did you actually go there, or did you decide not to go because it was too cold? I
3: did go
2: there. Huh. You pause a lot before your
1: answers, Stephen you
3: me? Jeff? Yeah, I, I think these are
2: like fantasies of yours
1: I mean. a fantasy of going to uh, the to Patriots game, fantasies of playing 2040 at Foxwoods. You know, there's a lot of fantasies going on here.
3: Well, do you want me? To, how, how would you like me to prove it to you? Do you want you want to make another bet to credit my uh, radio show,
1: or no? I'd like you not to hesitate with every question. It well, makes it seem like you're lying. You, you know, uh, lying. this this reminds me actually. I don't know if you guys remember this, but on another forum that doesn't exist anymore, um, when my girlfriend was pregnant with Benjamin, but I had not announced yet that I had a baby coming, so it was a big secret. Um, a guy showed up and was posting that my girlfriend was pregnant. And I was shocked, because I I couldn't imagine how this guy found it out. It turned out it was someone that um, actually knew her, in a way. And uh, happened to be a a lurker on the site. It was actually someone who knew both of us separately, of all things. Though he knew me a long time ago. So he decided to cause some trouble. Um, This individual... Is known to lie a whole lot. I mean, that's what I knew of him back when I knew him a long time ago, and uh, that's the way he still was four years ago. So he was posting these fantasies about going to commerce and playing 4080, and he, he had all these details in his fantasy, but they were completely false. He didn't actually play any of these games, he just completely made up these stories about going to commerce and conversations he had with people at commerce and and playing 4080 Mix, and none of it happened. Like, he he made these long posts about things that just absolutely never happened. And then I found out what he actually played, he was like a micro-limit player. So, uh, this kind of reminds me of what you're doing here. It's like you're just making up stories that you kind of wish happened, I think, but didn't actually happen.
3: Well, you know...
1: Ah, I'm right here.
3: You're a good, you're a good detective, Jeff. You're pretty good.
1: <laughs> it's just like it's like the Team MLK fantasy is driving to look for Foxwoods, not being able to find it, going on tilt, um, looking for fifty cent a dollar, but deciding to play twenty forty limit, <laughs> losing because you were on tilt. Then deciding to go to the Patriots game, but uh, a- after purchasing a ticket, deciding it's just too cold, even though you're from Toronto, it doesn't make any sense, and. Uh, and not going. Like, How does the guy from Toronto say it's too cold?
3: Well, you know, it, it was cold there, i got to admit. I, I'm Maybe sure it was windy. cold, but
1: you've got to be used to the cold. It's not like you're from Florida.
3: I know, but I, I am used to the cold. But the thing is, it hasn't been cold for a while.
1: Yeah, so you forgot what right? it's like to be cold. I, I don't think anyone from Toronto forgets what it's like to be cold. It's a pretty cold place.
3: I understand, but when it hasn't been really cold for the oh, last nine months... here you
1: know, B- Bobby Orr that- is uh, is insulted that I said here from Toronto. He says he's from fucking Barrie, not Toronto. I don't even
3: live in Barrie. I, li- I don't even live there. I live closer
1: to the Toronto than Barrie. Okay. Uh, here, here's uh, people in the chat. Uh, I think the chat's turning against you now. I think we hit the 45-minute mark, someone says. This segment is terrible, someone else said. Um... Forty-five minutes is up. Uh-oh. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. That was actually seriously serious. His microphone just went crazy.
3: Oh.
1: Well, isn't that isn't that a fine how-do-you-do? I'm stuck with Team MLK now as my only uh, co-host. Hey, Josie, what's up? Call
3: in. I'll talk to you, sweetie.
1: Uh, seriously, serious, uh, message me when your mic works again. I don't know what happened. It just, uh, it went like all tornado on me. It's very strange. Woke me up, though.
4: Um,
3: listen, Jeff, I've got a beef with you, because you seem to be player-hating lately. You don't believe anything I say to you. And then when you agree in the form that you will allow me to be on air for 45 minutes, and see money will transfer two hundred dollars, but yet tonight you want to snap me off and not fulfill that.
1: Well, you know what? I actually decided what's I believe the, you about something. It? I actually believe something you said. I do believe that you played twenty forty limit. I believe you played twenty forty cents limit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I-
1: That I believe.
3: Okay. Well, do you want to go heads up somewhere, or do you? Are you sure. To play online because I'll be pausing and we'll play heads
1: up. We, we can play on the no fraud come online on. poker room. Maybe I can uh, beat you where I could not beat your website.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, we can do that. We so can set up play. a match. Yeah. We can set up a match. Okay. Okay. How yep. much you
3: got?
1: That ah, come on. You, you can put up what you like here. I'm sure I can. But
3: anyways, it, this is what I mean about you. Want you make the forum sound like you're out for the bad guys at poker, but yet you don't keep promises of your own. You're a hypocrite. Oh boy, it's ridiculous.
1: I have the chat room you so angry at me Do for even please. giving you this much time here. <laughs> And you're Okay, and but you have
3: to chat once for two hundred dollar free roll money. The, the amazing so thing it, is, it, I'm, a, I'm actually getting it from things.
1: both ends. I'm getting it from the chat room for leaving you on here, and I'm getting it from you for not giving you enough time on here. So nobody's happy.
3: Well, no, because I'm not. I am happy, but you wanted to snap me off earlier, and you said, "Well, it's my show, and uh, we have got to go on to a different topic." I can talk about whatever I want. You agreed to it. All right, this puts if, on I can, some, if I want to make up that I went to call Fox unknown caller
1: season.
4: to accept, press me? one. To send a voicemail, press two.
1: Call, you're on the air.
4: Caller,
3: hey,
1: what's up? Uh, so first, turn down your on. radio. Yep, that's right.
3: That's right. T-M-L-T-N-M-L-K, what's up?
1: So who is this caller? Hold on, who is it? Yes, Ryland. Ryland, oh. hello. So, what do you have What's to say up? about this whole matter? I just,
3: you know, when did when did TML MLK first come to NWP? How long has he been around?
1: It's been a long time. I'm not sure, but it's been a long time.
3: Uh, and, and yeah, this is like the most annoying he's ever been. I think
4: <laughs> today.
3: You know,
1: it, it's well, amazing well, how many people well, are trying well, to. Now. There's a lot of people trying to buy this show, not actually yeah. you own it, but they're trying to buy things for me to do here that I find unpleasant, like forcing me to keep Team MLK on here for 45 you
3: know, I, minutes. I, you uh, know, I was actually thinking about voiding, voiding um, C-Money's offer and making it $201 dollars. <laughs>
4: <laughs> for next
3: week's uh yeah, and radio. The, and then there there are people you that never were, have TMLK on for like a couple months.
1: There were people that were giving me $10 for the free roll so I could play rap music at the beginning. <laughs> I finally had to outlaw that and and then now there's a guy posting on the forum saying that I have to unban uh two banned users uh for $50. <laughs> like there's all these people trying to you, offer money for the free roll to make me do things I don't want to do. I'm I'm getting so frustrated with it Like I I feel like I'm a slave to think? to free roll
3: money. <laughs> yeah. Do you think BNC money could get, like, in a bidding war to see <laughs> yeah, if we could ban or Yeah, almost like a or, charity or, ...or not have TMLK on? Okay, <laughs> right, you talk about yeah, being like, annoying, like, have you fucking read your post on Dogtown and Poker Fraud Alert? You talk about the same thing all the time. You make it sound like you're the biggest ladies' man going... And, and meanwhile, you're with some married woman we never hear about ever again. Like, what the hell? You, what thought you did. I, I, I think we should have a, a charity
1: auction go. for Team MLK to go away. Like, like uh, people are bidding on getting rid I of got Team MLK. Laid last
3: night. When's the last time you got laid, TML MLK? You try to pass uh, off your sister days. as your girlfriend, and well, it's better than being with a married fucking woman. <laughs> I mean, if that's all you can get, probably good for you. How did you go from asking me who the hell I am to then knowing all about me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so Rylan, who did you have sex with well, last night? Was, was it the married girl you had sex with, or was somebody else?
4: Somebody else.
1: Oh wow, Rylan's just really making it happen there in Vegas.
3: Rylan's full of shit. He he's like never he. I actually like never he, but that guy always lies too. I and think Rylan. Yeah, don't don't no Are you ever going to come to sex Vegas? Sex or no. I've been, been from, to Vegas I before, forget. and, and, and Drops ignored me. He you just need to, to calm down. i called him you Need to calm answer. down. I'm not a hater. I'm not. I'm not a hater. You're just annoying tonight.
4: I actually think you're a legend, bro. I respect you.
3: Oh, see, this you is this is someone who likes
1: you, who even feels that you're being terrible tonight. You should learn from that.
3: No, I, I have. Well, what do you want me to talk about? You're the coach, Drops. I don't even want to be on air for 45 minutes. Well, then I'm hang doing up for a favor. Or the free roll. Then hang up. <laughs> then so hang up. I'm going to go with my commitment of 45 minutes.
1: Jeez. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't think I can torture to the audience for dollars. much longer here. I think the audience. And I don't want
3: to disrespect seed money. I'm going to be on for 45 minutes. I think
1: the audience I is just about by you reach their saturation level, especially the archive audience, who are people that can't even play the free roll because they're not around to play it live, and they have to be stuck listening to this. Now, admittedly, they can fast-forward it, but they don't know where to fast-forward. I, I should put in the description of each show where your segments begin and end, so they can skip past them easily. That's what I should do.
3: Well, do you want me to call it any more drugs? Because I don't have to. Like, I mean, it's up to you. I've if said you before, you're, you're, you're
1: fine in limited doses, but I, I can't take this 45-minute thing. It's killing me.
3: Okay, but you're going to lose the bet this week, and I'm going to have another
1: 15 minutes. You're the one who offered to like and then split you're this go up. Back I, think on that as was, well, I think that was the best thing you ever said was to split this up here. So uh, I, I'm afraid I just I, I have to do it. I, I had to kill him. I had to knock it off here. Do we have
3: more topics tonight? Or anything?
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have more topics. If, if you want, Ryland, you can stay on here. If, if you want to comment, uh, I don't know what happened to seriously serious. His uh, his microphone went crazy. I think I think. Uh, Team MLK blew out seriously serious his microphone. He, he's like in the chat but I, I can't figure out what happened. So. Yeah, someone said in the chat room that uh, Matt Glantz and Chip Jet will fast forward that segment. They probably will. <laughs> so, uh... Here's an here's a t- interesting topic. Poker by proxy. Maybe Team MLK should, uh, put his money in them instead of going to play for himself at uh, 20 cent 40 cent this this is a amazing site pokerbyproxy.com how does it work poker by proxy works by taking your money and distributing it amongst our team of skilled poker players our players then use your funds combined with funds of every poker player uh, of, of every other Poker by Proxy member To play in some of the most profitable online games As well as large offline tournaments Depending on the size of the pool The number of games we play As well as the types of games Will vary <laughs> Are you kidding me? So, so basically what they're saying here Is send us money uh, We'll play poker with it We'll combine what you sent us with what other people have sent us, and we'll let you know if we won or lost. So if you go to their site, you can see this whole thing. And please don't take this as an ad for Poker by Proxy, which I'm sure is a scam, even though you can deposit there via Bitcoin, Western Union, Bankwire, and other various ways. Now, don't worry, though. They have a stop-loss system. This is so they don't lose your money too quickly It's very nice of them Playing poker is risky by nature There are bad beats, unexpected losses And days when nothing seems to work out As a result, poker by proxy uses a stop-loss system To ensure that not more than 5% of the total investment pool Meaning it could be lost uh, Meaning you can never lose more than 5% of your investment in one day This gives you the opportunity to withdraw your investment if you feel that Poker by Proxy is not performing to the level that you would expect. It also makes Poker by Proxy substantially safer than playing poker by yourself. Yeah. So they're only stealing your money 5% at a time, which is safer than you having your own money 100% of the time. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, minimum investment is twenty five dollars. Maximum is two hundred thousand. You know, so if you if you go to Poker by Proxy and say, "Hey, I know your maximum is two hundred k, but I want to invest
3: one million dollars,"
1: they'll say, "No, nope, sorry, we you sorry. Maximum is two hundred k. Sorry, we're gonna have to give you an eight hundred k refund. We're not taking your money. We're not taking it. Maximum is two hundred k." I mean, right there I think is proof That this is a scam Why would there ever be a maximum if they're legit Like if someone wants to Invest a billion they should take it Let's look at their past results They're only giving in percentage So it looks like they're doing pretty well In, in October or Sorry in November so this month so far they're, they're they're keeping it up to date too Including the 26th which isn't even over yet I guess they're doing this by European time or something But on Friday the 1st They won 2.03% Saturday wasn't that good They lost 2.45% But then they went on a good winning streak They won 2.20% on the 3rd 2.40% on the 4th 3.06% on the 5th 1.17% on the 6th 2.0% on the 7th uh, They did have a losing day of almost 4% on the 8th But uh, don't worry they came back they came back strong. They won 2.07% on the 9th, 4.05% on the 10th, 1.25% on the 11th, 2.7% on the 12th, 1.3% on the 13th. So it pretty much goes in that pattern. In fact, let me see if this is actually a pattern here. It looks like they have a losing day and then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 winning days. Yeah, that's as it is. Then, then losing day, then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 winning days, then a losing day... Then one, two, three. Oh, here they have four winning days instead of five. Then a losing day. Then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven winning days. They have a seven winning streak right now. So in the month of November, they've amazingly never lost two days in a row or even close. They, in fact, they've never even lost two out of three days. If they've ever lost, they've always won at least four days straight after that. So that shows you what good players you're putting your faith in here when you send them your money. This is crazy Let's go back to October here Let's see if October is any different So October On October 3rd they lost 4% But then again they had uh, 4 straight winning days Then they lost 3% on the 8th But then they had uh, 5 straight winning days Then they lost 3.21% On the 14th of October But then again they had 5 straight winning days then they lost 2.95% on the 20th But then had uh, What looks like 7 straight winning days Then they lost 2.9% on the 28th of October But they came back With 4 winning days So they've never come back with fewer than 4 winning days After 1 losing day Ever In their in the results that I'm looking at for the last 2 months Let's look at September I'm not going to read them all But uh, same thing same I cannot find on this graph any period where they did not win four straight days after losing one day. They always won a minimum of four straight days. Amazing. These are great players. You know, the sad thing here is that they're not even doing this scam well. Like if they were smart, they'd mix up the results more. They would they wouldn't make it so easy to spot as a scam. That they never have two losing days in a row. That they always win at least four days in a row after losing. Always. I bet if I go back to August, I'll see the same thing. Let's see. Oh, no, August, there's like no result. They must have started in September. <laughs> Let's see about us, that page. Uh, they don't say who they are specifically. That's what I was looking for. Um, are you hiring? Poker by Proxy is often hiring local representatives and marketing professionals to help grow the program. So what they're trying to say here is uh, if you're an idiot who's willing to advertise for us, we'll give you a piece of the money we scam. So I I don't see anywhere in in the FAQ, in the FAQ, how come you never lose two days in a row and you always win four days after losing one day? That's not in there. But I would love to see the answer to that question Apparently this is European based Because the live tournaments They're playing uh, One of them is the Latin American Poker Tour And the other one is the European Poker Tour And they're already done with the 26th of November Meaning that uh, the day's over already Where they are But uh, what a scam They advertise on Craigslist I wonder how many idiots have sent money to them. You know, I bet Bitcoin rejects are sending money to these people. I bet that's who they're getting. I know there was a thread on this on like bitcointalk.org. I bet that's who they're getting. Bitcoin people are really gullible, from what I've noticed. That's why there's so many scams in Bitcoin. You think poker players are gullible? You should see the Bitcoin people. They're much worse. So I bet they've scammed a lot of Bitcoins using this stupid thing. What's worse, they don't even say who they are. Like, they're not even putting a face to any of the pros that are taking your money and playing it. So. Can't believe anyone's falling for this, but there really is one born every minute. And I just discovered that lose one, win four, or five pattern as I was just looking at the calendar. here. I I didn't even plan that for the show, but that's unbelievable. I thought it was just self-explanatory that this is a scam, but this was a... This is more than self-explanatory. This is crazy. All right. Um, Hero Poker. Remember them? They were on the Merge Network. They were one of the few honest skins on, on the Merge Network. Like, very honest skins. They weren't doing poaching. They, they were playing by the rules, and they... Paid for it by not surviving So David Jung Who has been on the show before who listens to the show sometimes I've spoken to him personally on the phone He was a sponsor of not this site But a previous site I was on Nice guy uh, But Hero Poker just wasn't going to make it on the Merge Network The way things were there with all the poaching and all the other crap It just wasn't a good place to be playing by the rules Well they have come back to the micro gaming network. But I can't play on there because they are only going to accept non US players. They have not launched yet. They will launch in December, according to what I'm reading here. Here is their little 14 second ad on YouTube HeroPoker.net A Hero Poker's Call to Action. From the ashes, a hero will rise. Are you ready to do battle for the favor of the gods? Heropoker.net That shows a picture of this uh, pretty girl with poker chips in front of her, dressed in like a uh, like they could expect like an ancient Greek woman to be dressed. I wonder who they got to do that voiceover. It sounds like uh, David Jung hired like a professional voiceover guy. From the ashes, a hero will rise. Are you ready to do battle for the favor of the gods? In a world where poker rooms cannot survive when they play by the rules, hero poker is back, and they're following their own rules. From the ashes, a hero will rise. Are you ready to do battle for the favor of the gods? What do even mean? Do battle for the favor of the gods? I was totally with this until that point. Do you battle for the favor of—I guess so the gods, do you a favor? Ready to do battle for the favor of the gods. Okay. Well, anyway, good luck to Hero Poker. I have nothing against them. Played on there a lot, enjoyed it. Always uh, enjoyed my interactions with David Jung. Seemed like a good guy. And I, I lost my co-host somehow. Like seriously, serious is in the chat, but he's just not. He's not on the show anymore, because everybody's gone. Rylan just hung up when, hung up on me for no reason. Like I hate to admit it, but the only one who like really wants to stay on here is Team MLK. Everybody else is hanging up on me tonight. Everybody else is just gone. Okay, I, I can do it myself. That's fine. Totally fine. Well, just like my co hosts are removing themselves at rapid pace on this show. The iPoker Network is removing tables and currency-based games. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, I think I know what to make of it, but I'm not 100% sure. But I'll give you my opinion. I think TMLG is calling back. I'm I'm just not going to take the call. I'm just not going to take the call. I've had all I can take tonight. Anyway, the iPoker Network, which used to exist in the U.S. It was actually a network I really enjoyed. They, they were very soft games. I remember my very first day on the iPoker network, I played 5100 Limit, I won 5K on there. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> this is a good place to be. Unfortunately, I, w- I came on there in 2006, and very shortly afterwards, the UIGEA passed, and iPoker kicked off all the Americans. So I, I didn't last very long there. I did well there, but I did not last very long. No Americans did, who showed up when I did. So... You know, I I cashed out, but I was kicked off the site for being American. I don't know how the games are there now. Uh, the iPoker Network quietly owns the very large affiliate site PokerStrategy dot com. They spent fifty million dollars. iPoker did their their parent company Playtech did actually to acquire PokerStrategy in July of this year. Can you imagine? fifty million for an affiliate? And apparently there were offers for Poker Strategy that were exceeding a hundred million in the past. It's amazing that an affiliate side could go for that type of money. I really feel like an idiot for not getting into the whole affiliate thing back when I saw it first developing. And when I see stuff like this it makes me sick. Fifty million for Poker Strategy. But yeah, they own Poker Strategy for fifty million, and the only reason I'm mentioning this is because An announcement regarding changes to iPoker was made via the Poker Strategy site. But they don't bother to say that they are owned by iPoker. I mean, it's not a huge secret, but they don't say iPoker, our parent company, or iPoker, who's owned by our parent company, Playtech, is making the following changes. No, they're just pretending like they're reporting on just an independent site. But that aside, here's what's going on. Uh, The games in U.S. dollars are being removed from iPoker. iPoker does not offer games to Americans, so you might say, okay, well, why would they play for U.S. dollars? makes sense. Uh, Poker Stars plays in U.S. dollars. Uh, Most of the sites have U.S. dollar tables because the U.S. dollar is a universally recognized currency in the world. People trust it. So most games are in U.S. dollars, whether or not Americans can play on there. So the games in U.S. dollars are being removed as of December second, and I'll explain shortly why I think that's happening. Limit Hold'em games of fifty, one hundred, and above have been removed, or I think will be on December second. I think this is all this all happens December second. Yeah, so they're going to be removed on December second, fifty, one hundred, and above. The highest remaining limit hold'em game will be twenty-five fifty. All limit hold'em full ring games have been removed at all levels, so it'll be six max or, or heads up. Nothing else in limit hold'em there. No limit hold'em heads up tables of ten twenty and above have been removed. So if you want to play heads up no limit on there, it can only be five ten or lower. All no-limit nosebleed limits have been removed, with the exception of 5100 6-max and 200-400 full ring. This is no limit. Everything else is gone. All Omaha games of 5100 and higher have been removed. The highest remaining Omaha games will be 2550. This will be on December 2nd. The way they describe it is on on December 2nd, iPoker will remove several of the unpopular and less cost-effective stakes currently offered. They don't bother to explain why the U.S. dollar games are being removed. But let me break this down here. First of all, why remove the U.S. dollar games? There there can only really be one reason for this, and that's a hidden rake increase. Now, what do I mean by a hidden rake increase? How how can they raise the rake and hide it? Wouldn't you notice if the rake is higher? Well, maybe not. The maximum rake at each table will remain the same in the number of units you're playing. Which means if you're playing twenty-five fifty dollars, if the maximum rake is three dollars, if you're playing twenty-five fifty euro, which the table will be converted to, the maximum rate will be three euro. Sounds fair, right? Like it's the same proportion: twenty-five fifty dollars, three dollar rake; twenty-five fifty euro, three euro rake. Makes sense, right? No, because the max rake was topping out at whatever currency it was. And only an idiot would not realize that it's smartest to play in dollars where the rake is lowest. The max rake is lowest. So, uh... I mean, yes, it's the same percentage still, but, um, you're paying less rake. And, uh... Yeah, this is very different. Where at most games, it's the same rake. Like for example, on Poker Stars, if I believe if you, if you play uh, 30, 60, or 5100 100 limit, it's the same maximum whatever the rake is now three dollars, four dollars, whatever it is. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter. You're playing a little higher. It's the same thing. So people were playing the dollar games to have the rake be lower. They're just paying less rake per hand. They didn't mind the rate, the limits were lower because at least uh, less rake is being lost to the house. So, uh, this is raising the rake. This is raising the max rake on all the tables they're converting. So now, twenty-five fifty dollars will become twenty-five fifty euros, and the rake will go up by thirty-five percent because at least when I last checked, the euro is worth a dollar thirty-five. And of course, the pound—you can play games in pounds there too. The pound is worth even more than than the, the euro, the British pound. But they're hoping, I think, that the players won't notice this. They'll just still see the same number of units rake from the pot and say, oh, the rake's the same. And in fact, it is true. You can play on euro tables right now, and it is that number of units in euro. Except now at least you have the option to play in dollars if you want, which you won't anymore. They're taking away the option to play At the dollar level where the rake is lowest. Now, this wouldn't matter if the rake was always proportionate. For example, if the max rake at 1020 was $2 and the max rake at 2040 was $4, well, then it's proportionate no matter where you go. And if you went up to 200 400, if the rake was $40, then again, it would be the same. But that's not how it works with rake. With rake, the lower the limits are, the higher percentage you're paying in rake. That's always been the way it is in poker. You get to the nosebleed limits, and the rake you're paying is tiny compared to the limits you're playing. It's almost inconsequential. So, the bottom line is, uh, by doing this here, they are making the rake proportionate, which means it's uh, it's punishing... It's just making the rake higher. It's a rake increase across the board, and at the same time, they're just increasing the limits. Also, let's say you adjust the limits you play to correspond to the new limits, so let's say you say, "Well, a euro is worth a dollar 30 So instead of playing twenty-five fifty dollars, I'm, I'm going to go down to uh, uh, I'm going to go down to ten to twenty forty euro, if that even exists there. I don't know, but ju- I'm just using it as an example. You're going to drop down a little bit to account for the fact that euros are a larger currency than the U.S. Dollar is. Well, the problem is here. Normally, your rake should go down, or or at least should be the same, but it doesn't. Your rake is actually going up now. Because at twenty, like at twenty forty and twenty five fifty, the the max rake would be the same, except now you're paying in euros, so you're actually paying more rake. So whatever way you try to slice it, you're going to end up paying more rake. Now I think they actually lowered the rake somewhat on their uh, sit and goes. Like, there's 6-Max sit-and-goes and, and Heads-Up sit-and-goes. They're actually lowering the rake on those. So, you know, props to them for doing that. But the cash games, it looks like the rake's going up. And they will not explain why they're taking away the U.S. dollar games if it's not to do this secret rake increase. It's just really strange. Why remove the dollar games? It just, it's weird. Um, now, let's talk about the games being removed. Like, all those Limit Hold'em games and some of the higher no-limit games, and all those Omaha games being removed. They claim the stakes being removed are, quote, less cost-effective to the company. This is nonsense. It costs almost no money to keep empty tables running on a server. It's not like a brick-and-mortar poker room where it's physically taking up space, or maybe a dealer has to sit at these tables that aren't running, or whatever. Uh, That does not happen online. Online, you could have a 1,000 empty tables that cost them almost nothing to have them running. So, less cost-effective is meaningless, and it makes it look like they're being dishonest, which they are. Now, in reality, they're likely removing many of the higher-stakes games for two reasons. Number one, they want to remove clutter from the lobby. What do I mean by clutter? Well, a lot of times players will sit at a ton of tables by themselves, hoping to just dominate all the empty tables and force fish to sit with them. So someone will open up ten tables ten separate tables and sit by themselves, knowing no pros will sit with them, because the pros know they're good, and the pros know that they probably won't play them heads up anyway, if it's another pro. And so then you have a bunch of other people doing this, and all of a sudden you have just a ton of tables open there, of just one, 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 all the way down to who's sitting, but no game's going, and it looks terrible. It, It just makes the whole site look weird, uninviting to fish, and it's also hard to navigate when you just see tons of tables like that with zero or one people. So they probably want to remove clutter from the lobby, which is why they're removing a lot of the games that just are not used very much. Uh, Number two, I think they're trying to remove some of the high-limit games in general just to avoid the situation where amateurs dump their bankroll off too quickly at the higher stakes. And they just don't like this because if a fish comes on and deposits, say, $1,000 and says, oh, I'm going to take a shot at a high-limit game and lose it in two hands, well, They're not making much money at all from that rake. Uh, For that $1,000, they're not making much rake. Because the pro who just won it is probably going to cash it out pretty soon. And all that money that got deposited, and they had to pay the deposit fees for that too, uh, they're not collecting the rake that they expected. So they're trying to make the fish last longer, so the fish pay more rake. That's really where they make their money, is when the fish pay their rake. Of course, the pros pay their rake too, but uh, they're really looking for the fish the new money to pay their rake and not just a fish deposits a thousand dollars and a pro wins it immediately and and cashes it out that's not what they want in fact they end up losing in that spot because they pay more in deposit fees than the fish pays in rake before he loses it all so they really really want this money to last and the higher the limits that exist the more likely that this can happen so uh, i think that's why they're getting rid of a lot of the heads up no limit tables because uh, heads up no limit is where the no limit players have the biggest edge Uh, if they're good. Uh, They're probably removing a lot of the upper limit tables for the same reason, especially because amateurs in limit really have no clue. Like, for the most part, everyone understands no limit hold'em at least a little bit just from watching TV. But limit hold'em is a totally different game and a lot of people think, oh, if I know how to play no limit, I I know how to play limit. And that's not true. So you put a guy who's kind of like a a uh, fairly lousy no-limit player at a limit game, he'll be horrendous if he's never played limit before. So I think they realize that at the very high limit games, that these good limit players can just crush them and they'll have no chance. So I, I think that they're getting rid of them for that reason. But I think they're also removing them so they can just unclutter the lobby. For example, I think they're getting rid of the full ring games for that reason. They just think full ring just doesn't go often enough. That they're probably just not that popular. Uh, pros seem to prefer six max or less because their edge is greater. They probably don't even sit at the full ring tables, they probably just sit there empty, and the site just says, hey, let's just get rid of them. So, uh, I don't think this is terrible, they're not cheating anyone, but uh, this isn't what I'd call a scam, this is definitely not a scandal, but it's just dishonest. It's just not being upfront with your customer base as to what you're doing. Don't say we're removing unpopular tables because they're not cost effective for us. Of course they're cost effective for you. Say, we're removing tables because it's cluttering the lobby, it's making it difficult for players to find the games they want. That's honest and everyone understands that. No one's going to object to you removing games that are never being used or rarely being used that are making it difficult for players to find the games that are actually going. Just be honest about that. Now as far as the rake, I think it's dirty to remove the dollar currency if that's the reason. And if it's not the reason, when people are suspecting that's the reason, they need to come out and say, no, that's not the reason. Here's the real reason, provided they're telling the truth. And if they really are doing it to increase the rake, they should be honest about it. Say, we're increasing the rake due to whatever cost, blah, 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 and we're doing it by converting dollars to euros. Just be honest about it. Don't try to sneak it by people. Poker players hate when things are snuck by them after all the scams, after all the scandals, after all the cheating that's gone on in this community. Even relatively harmless stuff like this, where the rake is secretly raised by a currency change, pisses people off when they think they're being screwed with, when they think they're being lied to. If you remember, I think last week or the week before, on Party Poker, the new guy in charge there uh, of the poker operations was saying, look, we're not going to lie to you guys anymore. We're going to be honest, we're going to be upfront about everything. We're not going to try to sneak anything by you players anymore You figure it out anyway It makes us look terrible, it gets everyone angry People circumvented We're just going to be honest and upfront I hope they're really going to do that And that's what iPoker needs to do here So That's what's going on Now with that said iPoker has a pretty good reputation So I'm not saying you should Not play on there If you're non-US But I just think that Wasn't very nice of them to do it that way they're just not being honest with people. Let's see what else we have tonight. Hmm. 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 We do not have any topics left. We are all done. So, who would like to call in? 775 fraud 55 I didn't even give these damn phone numbers. I forgot about this. 775 fraud 55 775-372-8355 702-430-1808 is our Mount Charleston line which is an old 70s telephone sitting on top of Mount Charleston oh, I know what I want to talk about I appeared in Poker News today that's PokerNews.com if you go there PokerNews.com right now and you look at the main story Five thoughts. Crown teams up with Poker Stars and new international WSOP schedule. No, not that one. But if you look next to it, kind of to the bottom right of it, Todd Dandruff would tell us, discusses Poker Fraud Alert, cheating in poker, and much more. So you can go to PokerNews.com and read an article about me and an interview with me. Someone said that I looked very skinny in the pictures that were posted to me. The pictures they posted were all taken during the 2013 World Series. I actually take that as a compliment, because I, I set out to lose weight this year. So if I look skinny to you, that's great. That's what my goal is. But, uh... It's a fairly long interview A lot of the stuff I'm saying in the interview Is similar to what I said on this show Over time, but Still worth a read Thank you to Chad Holloway of Poker News Bracelet winner Chad Holloway Who won the employee bracelet event In 2013 For doing the interview with me I think he asked me some good questions There were a few questions he asked me Where I gave answers, long detailed answers And they did not make it into the article But I understand that you know They have to do editing and it was already a pretty long article, so uh, that's fine. I didn't expect everything to make it in there, but they, they got the vast majority of what I said into the article, and I appreciate that. So thank you to Poker News for doing that article about me and about Poker Fraud Alert. Maybe it'll bring some more people to this show, bring some more people to the site, and uh, even if it doesn't, it will just bring more attention to the quest I have against the cheaters and scumbags in poker. So, uh, thank you, Poker News, for that. And no, I didn't pay them anything for this article. (laughs) You can find it. Uh, I wrote a little blog today. I wasn't going to bother talking about it, because it's Something from 13 years ago. But, I know I've made reference to it before on this show, but I think because we are... a lot of topics here, and nobody has called in since uh, since everybody hung up on me, I think I'll tell, and then I'll end the show. If you want to read it in blog format, you can go to the blogs. And... Uh, this is what happened. The blog is entitled How the Colorado Rockies Almost Cost Me Over
3: One Million Dollars
1: In the year 2000. This really happened. I almost won over a million dollars in the year 2000 and the Colorado Rockies almost ruined the whole damn thing. A lot of almost in there. I'll explain. The date was July 24, 2000. The Los Angeles Dodgers were facing the Colorado Rockies in what seemed to be a routine midsummer game. Gary Sheffield, who was on the Dodgers at the time, was having a night that was anything but routine. He came to the plate in the seventh inning with a double, triple, and home run, just a single short of being the first Dodger to hit for the cycle since 1970 when Wes Parker did it. Even more unusual in that night was... Big Dodgers fan, Todd Witellis, yours truly. Any Dodgers fan would have been excited to see one of their team's players hit for the cycle, but it was especially meaningful to Todd Witellis because if Sheffield singled in that at bat to hit for the cycle, Todd would win $1 million plus a new house from Los Angeles radio station KXTA. This was no longer a long shot. Sheffield was red hot. He was playing in hitter-friendly Colorado, and with the Dodgers at 4 nothing, he would clearly stop at first base to claim the cycle, even if his hit would have otherwise fallen for a double or triple if he wanted. So, uh, by Todd's estimation, he had about a 40% chance of claiming that mammoth prize. I know I'm speaking about myself in the third person, but bear with me. Todd was sweating and jittery, likely far more than, likely far more than the man at the plate who needed to do the job. An ordinary software engineer living in an apartment in Redondo Beach, California, Todd was ready for the life-changing money. Remember, this is before I started playing poker. And Gary Sheffield has been hit by the pitch, Blair announced to Ross Porter on the radio. Unless Sheffield can make it back up one more time, the Colorado Rockies have stolen this, this opportunity to be the first Dodger to hit for the cycle since Wes Parker did it in 1970. This is even more heartbreaking for our contestant Todd would tell us of Redondo Beach who's come so close to cashing in for a million dollars and a new house from KB Holmes. Now Sheffield actually came back up in the ninth, but he was pretty much intentionally walked uh, given nothing to hit uh, four really, really terrible pitches and he walked and that was that. Todd turned off the radio with his head hung low. This seemed like a plot out of a sitcom where the main character almost wins a huge sum of money but a weird last minute circumstance ruins it keeping everything at the status quo. Except this wasn't a sitcom story Attempting to avoid major plot shifts In the series, this is real life And Todd realized that the Rockies had just cost him over a million dollars All thanks to poor sportsman-like decision-making To intentionally rob Sheffield Of the chance of hitting for the cycle So am I writing fictitious stories About myself here? No This is not a fictitious story Let's not completely The Dodgers Flagship station at the time KXTA, 1150 AM really did run a contest in 2000 every day. Every day there was a game where one li- one listener each game qualified for the ability to win $1 million cash and a new home by KB Homes if they could correctly predict the Dodger player to hit for the cycle that day. For those of you that don't know, the cycle is hitting a single, double, triple, and home run in the same game. Now, it hadn't happened for the Dodgers in 30 years at that point. So... I'm imagining that KXDA was probably able to get some kind of insurance policy. They they weren't putting up a million dollars. They probably bought some insurance policy in case it happened for pretty cheap. So they got to create the hype over this and not pay that much money. Now, I was never really good at winning radio contests. I knew a lot about telephones. I was always fascinated with them and loved the radio and loved the Dodgers, but I just couldn't win radio contests. It just... A lot of the reason was that where my parents lived It was a disadvantageous area For radio contests, and I'm not even kidding Certain areas of LA actually had An advantage over others when calling into Radio stations by the way the telephone Switching systems worked So um, I had read stories About Kevin Poulsen, who's a uh, Legendary hacker, you can look him up Kevin, P-O-U-L-S-E-N Who actually manipulated the phone system in the 1980s To win a Porsche from Kiss FM And then there was another guy I read about named Tom Sedevi who was a middle-aged guy that raked in $50,000 per year on average finding legal creative ways to win radio contests. You know, Paulson got arrested for what he did. But uh, Tom Sedevi, he was not doing anything illegal or breaking any contest rules. So I really admired this Sedevi guy especially because he was finding creative ways to win but wasn't breaking any rules or laws. So I thought, you know what, even though this is unlikely for... Gary Sheffield or anybody else in the Dodgers To hit for the cycle that year It could happen So I wanted to be A frequent player of that contest Because the prize If it happened was so huge A million dollars plus a house I mean that's gigantic It's not like winning a thousand or ten thousand It's a million bucks This is all true by the way This this whole story I'm telling you is true The very beginning was, was half true Which I'll get to But this part's totally true. So I decided I'm going to beat the contest. I decide I'm going to find a way to be a very frequent contestant. I can't force the Dodgers to hit for the cycle, but I can... I can't swing the bat, but I can be a contestant a lot more than everybody else if I can figure out how to do it. So what I figured out were a few things. First of all, when the Dodgers would play... I happened to be in a location where I had access to a lot of telephone lines and something I could use that I could rig to dial really quickly. I won't bother to go into details, but I, I had access to a lot of phone lines and I could dial them all quickly if I wanted. So that was helpful. But I still had to figure out how to do this best. Now, the way the contest worked was during the Dodgers pregame show, not the Dodgers actual broadcast, but the pregame show before the broadcast, they would at some point, announce that the 11th caller would win the chance to be the contestant for that day. The person would not win any prize. They would just be the contestant and if the right player hit for the cycle, who they choose, then they'd win the million dollars in the house. Otherwise, they win nothing. So it's It was all or nothing, big time. It was either win a million bucks in a house or win nothing. Those are the two ways it could happen. And you pick a player on the Dodgers and if that player hits for the cycle that day only, you win. Otherwise, you lose. So, I figured out a few things. First of all, since this was during the pregame show, the listenership was much less. This was not a highly rated show, the pregame show. The Dodgers broadcast was pretty high rated, but not the pregame show. People would typically turn on the broadcast when the Dodgers would start playing. So I wasn't uh, up against that much competition to get through. But I needed more than that. I also figured out that it was pretty predictable when the contest would happen. At a certain point in the show that was around the same point in the pregame show every time they would go to a commercial then right when the commercial would come back you'd hear a recorded message saying a recorded opening about the contest starting and to call in so I got familiar with that and I knew when the contest was going to be going I also figured out a few other things I figured out that since they didn't take phone calls during the pregame show you could flood their lines with calls before the contest and just busy out the lines so I did that. When they would go to the commercial that I knew was going to be the commercial right before the contest would start, I would flood the lines and busy them out. Not flood them in any illegal way, I just used all the lines I had access to to call in to all the lines of the show. Which just rang out, rang, 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 because they, you know, they weren't going to answer them. Now, this was not guaranteeing me at all being one of the first 11 callers, because what they would do is before the contest would actually begin, they would answer all those lines and hang up on them. So why do I bother? If they're just going to answer and hang up on me, why am I doing it? Well, they would answer and hang up on them as soon as they're ready to actually start the contest. So this is kind of like a timing thing for me. It was to get a read on when the contest was really starting. So I would let all the lines ring out, then the staff would pick them up and clear them out just as they're ready to start the contest. And then that, you know you hear that recording come on the, the show saying that the contest is starting. Now, when they would clear the lines, something a lot of you may not know, if somebody hangs up on you from landline to landline, this doesn't apply to cell phones necessarily, but landline to landline, if you call one landline to another, if someone hangs up on you but you don't hang up, it can be anywhere from a few seconds to as long as like 30 seconds before the line actually cuts. Meaning if the person were to pick the phone back up, you'd actually still be on the line. Some of you may have uh, experienced that when you were younger and uh, used landlines more often. So I used this to my advantage. They would clear the lines, but they really had not cleared them completely. I had at least five seconds or so before the lines had actually cut. Well, by that point, the contest had started. So at that point, I would set some other lines to dial in, and at the exact moment when the last number is dialed, then I would cut the line on my end and give myself a much higher chance to get back through to that same line and multiply this by all the lines I was doing this with and I'd pretty much have most of the lines ringing of the 11 to uh, to get through And they didn't have 11 lines, whatever it was I, I typically managed to be about 7 of the 11 callers, believe it or not so they'd say caller 11, I was 7 of those people usually, somewhere around there sometimes less, sometimes more, but usually around 7 so as you can imagine, I could pretty much be the 11th caller at will. Not completely, but a very, very good shot. Much better than 50% chance I'd be the, the contestant if I wanted to be. Now, you might say, okay, but I can't be the contestant every day. You know, day. There's got to be some rule against that, right? No, there wasn't. Believe it or not, there was no rule against being the contestant day after day after day as long as you didn't win. The only rule at KXTA was that you could not win a contest on the station more than once every 30 days. But since I had not won any contests, I was losing every day because nobody was sitting for the cycle. I was considered a losing player, and I could call right back in the next day. So I considered being the contestant just about every day, but I realized that would be excessive. I realized that what would happen is they'd probably change the rules on me. At any point, they could have changed the rules and said, you can only be a contestant once every, uh, you know, every month or something. So I-, I didn't want them to change that. I, I still pressed it fairly hard, but not as hard as I could have. So I was limiting myself to three per week. And i tried try to spread out the three. So I wasn't like back-to-back days. Now, before you get bent out of shape that Todd would tell us, owner of Poker Fraud Alert, was trying to cheat a radio contest, let me tell you, I wasn't cheating anything. I was playing by the rules. It doesn't sound like it, but I was. Let me explain. Uh... You were allowed to use multiple phone lines to call into radio contests, both by law and by KXDA's own rules. There was no rule against using multiple phone lines, even a whole lot of multiple phone lines. There was no rule against that. There was no rule against using telephone autodialers, either by law or by KXDA rules. It was completely okay to do that. The only thing you were not allowed to do was manipulate the telephone switching equipment or engage in any kind of phone hacking, but I wasn't doing that. I wasn't manipulating or hacking anything. I was just uh, using a lot of lines to bang the number really fast. You were allowed to call the contest lines before the contest started and let them ring out like I was doing, if you so desired. There was no law against that, no rule against that. Um, they didn't bother to make such a rule because it's kind of pointless to make it because they were clearing the lines before the contest anyway. And of course, what I've said before is that I'm allowed to enter as much as I want because I didn't actually win anything. And of course, once I won once, then I'd already have a million bucks in a home. I, I don't re- don't really need to play again, do I? So, one thing I was waiting for. One one thing I was waiting to happen because I, I was the contest. I was in the contest so often. In fact, so often that the uh, call screener got u- so used to me that normally they're supposed to read the rules to you. Just dropped my mic. That's what the noise is. Trying to get it back in place. Ugh. So the... <sighs> now my mic won't stay. Here we go. So the rules that... Uh, so the they would read you the contest rules. But the... The call screener got so used to it being me as the contestant. He's like, oh, yeah, you remember the rules from before? Yeah, it's, it's the same ones. i said so say, yes, I remember them. Okay. Like, he wouldn't even bother to say them again because he knew it was me. Because I had to give my name. I had to give my address. So it's not like I was pretending to be different people. They knew exactly what I was doing. They didn't know how I was doing it, but they knew I was like pretty much half their contestants myself. They knew like half the times they had this contest, I was the contestant uh why they didn't do anything to stop this i don't know but um they were very aware of what i was doing it was not against their rules so they were okay with it i, I thought it made the station look bad that made him look like he had no listeners when he had the same guy being the contestant like half the time but whatever that wasn't my problem but i was not breaking rules i was not breaking laws i was not cheating i was just playing the game better than everybody else uh the fact that they let me do this for months Proved to me that this was nothing wrong, otherwise they would have stopped it. So, as I said, I was not fooling anyone. I wasn't tricking anyone. So, uh, what I was really waiting for, since it's so hard to hit for the cycle, I thought it probably wouldn't happen that year. But I felt that the greatest chance of it happening was in Colorado, because the air is thinner in Colorado, and players just generate a lot more offense there they get a lot more hits they hit more home runs so i thought that if it's going to happen while it could be anywhere the colorado is where i have the best chance and the player that i had the best chance with the player i always select was gary sheffield the reason i selected sheffield was in the year 2000 he was the one most likely to hit for the cycle he had a good batting average he hit for power he had a lot of speed so, the hardest thing to do to hit for a cycle is get the triple. It's not the home run. The triple's the hardest thing to get. Because the, the home run, you just got to hit the ball out of the park, which which is not easy, but it's not super hard. The triple's hard because the ball has to stay in the park, but you need enough time to run all the way to third. So the triple's the hardest thing to get, and if you're slow, you're unlikely to get very many triples. But Sheffield was fast, he got a lot of hits, and uh, he hit a lot of home runs. He was the perfect guy to pick for hitting for the cycle. Now, he was on roids at the time, which I didn't realize. But uh, that doesn't really matter for this, this story here, does it? Anyway, every time I called in, I picked Sheffield. I was waiting for the ideal circumstance where the Dodgers are in Colorado, and I pick, call and pick Sheffield. In fact, I committed that I would suspend my own limitation of three times per week, and I would make sure that I pl- I was the contestant for every single Colorado Rockies game in Denver. I had to be. I couldn't let that opportunity pass by So if there's like a four game series I would be the contestant all four days It just it was just too hard for me not to Given the big edge over there So I had committed myself to do this Well separately I had a, a girlfriend then Not anybody you guys are aware of It was someone before I got into poker But um, I scheduled a Las Vegas trip with this girl Uh, This is actually before I started playing poker, too. Just a, you know, typical tourist Las Vegas trip. Lasting from July 21st to July 24th, 2000. It was a long weekend. I mean, it wasn't technically a long weekend, but we would leave on Friday the 21st and get back on Monday the 24th. Uh, We would both take Monday off of work. I realized only too late that July 24th was a very special day it was the first day of the Dodgers four-game series in Colorado. And I was like, oh, crap. I'm not going to be able to do it on the first day then, because I can't do this from Las Vegas. I need all my phone lines, I need my equipment, and I, I need to be able to hear KXTA. I can't even hear KXTA, which is the Los Angeles station in Las Vegas. So I almost called off the whole trip, or at least cut off the last day. I like, I, I was really coming closer to telling my girlfriend, look, you know, forget the Monday part, or let's do this next week or something, but... She had already put in a good deal of effort to get that day off work, so I would have felt bad. Like I, I just felt like it was would have been weird for me to tell her you have to go change everything again, just on the off chance that someone hits for the cycle or Sheffield hits for the cycle on on Monday. Like, and what's the chance of Sheffield hitting for the cycle on that one day, even in Colorado? It just it just wasn't enough to make her uproot her plans again. So I just couldn't bring myself to to ask her to do that. So I went on the Vegas trip as planned. On Monday night, we were driving back from Vegas to L.A. And I said, oh, yeah, I forgot about the Dodgers game. Let me turn that on. So I turned on the Dodgers game. It was in the sixth inning. It was just in time to hear the bad news. Gary Sheffield had a home run, a triple, and a double. All he needed was a measly single in Colorado, the Hitters Park, when he was red hot with the bat. All he has to do is stroke a single. The Dodgers are up 4 nothing. So with them up 4 nothing, he didn't have to worry about anything for the team. They were up enough runs this late in the game to where he could just stop at first. Even if he hit a ball in the gap or somewhere that he'd normally run for two or three bases, he could just stop at one base. He would have stopped at one base. I figured that there's probably about a 40% chance, maybe not quite, but I thought around 40%, that in that at-bat, he was going to get his single and hit for the cycle. Well, I wasn't happy about that, obviously, because I was not the contestant. I was driving home from Vegas to L.A. I should have been the damn contestant, but I had forgotten about that, and I went to Vegas on that trip, and I didn't cancel the Monday part, and now someone else is the contestant. I could not believe what I was hearing on the radio. It was my worst fears coming true. All that effort I put in to win this contest. I knew it was a long shot, but I said, I'm going to put in the effort anyway, just in case, and the just-in-case was about to happen. I was about to win $1 million, but I wasn't. It was going to be someone else. Well, Ross Porter actually announced that it wasn't going to be someone else because the contest, the contestant that day had stupidly picked Sean Green instead of Gary Sheffield. So Sean Green was 0 for something, and he was not going to hit for the cycle. So no one was going to win if if Sheffield hit that single. But that didn't make me feel any better. It just made me still pissed because I wouldn't have picked Sean Green. I would have picked Sheffield, and I would have been sitting there a single away from a million bucks plus a home. Could not believe this I I really thought maybe I should pull the car over Because if Sheffield gets that single I'm just going to flip out But I kept driving I I tried to stay calm And then the unexpected happened They hit Sheffield They hit Sheffield with a pitch on purpose The Rockies said You're not going to do this in our house You're not You've single handedly beat us in this game Sheffield was responsible for uh, pretty much all the offense that day they said, you're not going to also rub salt in our wound by being the first Dodger to get hit for the cycle in 30 years and do it in our park. You're just not going to do it. F you, we're hitting you. I, I think it was shitty of them to do, but that's what they did. They hit him on purpose. Well, I was relieved. I was relieved because I didn't want Sheffield to hit for the cycle, so I wouldn't regret going on that trip and not being the contestant. Now, it was possible that Sheffield was going to come up in the ninth, but I knew that if they didn't let him hit in the 7th, they were going to let him hit in the ninth. and sure enough, they threw four horrible pitches to him and he walked. Four pitches he had no shot to even swing at. So, wasn't a te- technical, intentional walk, but it might as well have been. So, pretty bad sportsmanship. They robbed him the chance to hit for the cycle, not once, but twice. Once with a hit-by-pitch, once with a semi-intentional walk. But I was relieved And it was at that moment I realized how lucky I really was If I had been home I probably would have been the contestant I would have tried extra hard that day To be the contestant And probably would have succeeded And they would have taken me to the very very closest possible point Of winning that million dollars In that home And I'd sit there all excited Thinking about the million bucks Thinking about the house Only to watch the Rockies unfairly rob me Of that opportunity Like if Sheffield grounded out or struck out I would have said fine, you know He didn't come through But at least he had a shot Here the Rockies actually took the bat out of his hands And would not let him hit for the cycle They would not let him even take a shot They robbed him of the chance to hit for the cycle And would have robbed me of the chance The very realistic, good chance Of winning a million dollars plus a home After all that hard work I did to be the contestants On all those days So in an alternate universe somewhere I didn't take that Vegas trip and I was the contestant and the Rockies really did cost me over a million dollars but fortunately in this universe it's just a fascinating story to tell. This all really happened. Seriously Serious asked me on the forum when I posted about this which would have been worse? Which would have been worse? Me being the contestant and having the Rockies screw Sheffield like that or me not being the contestant and him coming through him being allowed to hit and uh, hitting the single and me realizing that I could have been the winner of a million dollars I have to say it would have been far worse had he come through It would have been more stressful to have been the contestant because obviously much more stress thinking you might win that sum of money if a guy just gets a damn single and then have him not do it. And then have it he doesn't do it not because he fails, but because the other team won't let him. I mean, that would have been so maddening. That would have made me much angrier. But I think it would have been tougher on me personally to have not entered that day to where I would have won because it would have been my fault. It would have been my fault for not canceling that Vegas trip. Or at least not cutting it short one day. There I'd had to blame myself. The other one I'd had to blame the Rockies. But I'll tell you, if I was the contestant and the Rockies did that and I lost, like I, I think it really would have caused like psychological problems for me. To come that close and not do it, because because the Rockies did that. Someone says, Dref has nightmares about this. I actually don't. I'll tell you what made, made me think of it. it's like, like What would make me think of this story, to write this whole long blog about it, and to tell it on this radio show? There's nothing significant about this date. Baseball's been over. It's 13 and a half years later. Nothing happened, really, in relation to that. What made me think about it was I was driving today and I heard a radio station give their official contest rules for all contests on the station. And one of their rules was, you are not eligible to either win a prize more than once every 30 days or qualify to win a prize more than once every 30 days. So the qualify part was added to prevent things like what I did there. It probably wasn't added specifically because of me, because this is a different station in a different market. But still... I thought it was interesting that they added that, because in 2000, no station said that. In 2000, all the stations would let you qualify as much as you wanted, as long as you didn't actually win. So, I wondered if if they changed rules all over the place because of me. Probably not. Probably they just realized it. But um, that's what reminded me of it. But I don't have nightmares about this, because really, aside from the fact that I didn't win anything, I got lucky in that I didn't have either of the circumstances that would have really, really, really been frustrating in that I didn't fail to enter when I could have and and not win a million that uh, someone else won or that I I would have won if I entered and I didn't have the situation where I did enter and the Rockies screwed me out of winning I, I just had it where I didn't enter and the Rockies screwed me out of winning so either way I don't win but boy was that close so I, I thought I'd just like write a blog up about it today Just just for no reason Just a, I thought it was an a, a, uh, an entertaining story Lou, Father asking in chat Did you grind it out the rest of the season? You bet I did I, I then uh, came home and of course uh, Was the contestant in the next three days Pick Sheffield every time Of course uh, no cycle that year Didn't happen until years later When uh, Orlando Hudson did it By then there was no such contest Did they hate you? Flipper Fair is asking in the chat, I think by they he's referring to KXTA staff I have to imagine they weren't very happy with me uh, I, I thought that it made the radio station look terrible because they were announcing who the contestant was and, and like half the time it's Todd Wattellis from Redondo Beach and I'm thinking boy they must look like they have no listeners how embarrassing, but it wasn't my problem, what I never understood is why they didn't change the uh, the contest rules They could have. There's nothing stopping them. They just didn't do it. So fine, as long as you don't change the contest rules, I'm going to play by your rules and just keep being the contestant. Uh, Stan asking, did Vince Scully hate me? No, Vince Scully, uh, he didn't get involved in this. Uh, This was a Ross Porter thing. For some reason, it was always Ross Porter talking about the contest, both during the pregame show and also uh, during the game. Uh, and in fact, when the broadcast was going on, where Sheffield almost hit for the cycle, it was Porter who was announcing then too. Um, I suppose Vince Scully knew about it, but yeah, Vince Scully. Uh, Vince Scully knows what a big star he is. Vince Scully knows he's the best announcer in baseball. Vince Scully knows that uh, he doesn't have to do a lot of things that other announcers do. Like for ne- right now, he doesn't go on any road trips that go west of Denver or east of Denver. Just because he's old, it doesn't feel like it, and he gets away with it because he's Vince Scully, and I, I don't blame him. He's, he's you know he's uh, 86 years old, and most 86 year olds would not be working as an announcer, and so you got to make concessions to the guy. But but like Vince Scully, he would never do Dodger talk or, or things like that. He just he announce his innings of the game. He would demand what he would do, and you know they'd say yes, Vin, whatever you say, Vin. So. I'm sure Vince Scully did not pay attention as to, like, who was the contestant. So I'm sure he didn't hate me. I'm sure Ross Porter knew who I was, though. <laughs> he said my name enough, that's for sure. And I could tell the screeners were kind of annoyed with me. But whatever, I, I wasn't calling KXTA to make friends, I was calling to make a million bucks. So, uh, That is uh, is my Gary Sheffield and almost winning a million dollars and co- almost hating the Colorado Rockies story. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I didn't bore you too much. I realized today also there's a lot of weird stories in my life. Like a lot more than most people. I, I really just came to that conclusion. I actually came to it when... I don't know if you people have seen on Facebook where someone's given a number and then they mention a bunch of facts that they think most people don't know about them. So I, I did one of those. I think I mentioned like 16 facts. A lot of them you know about me from just talking on the show about things. But by listing all these different facts, a lot of weird things like this that have happened in my life, I just went, wow, I have a lot of these just kind of odd things that have occurred in my lifetime that really most other people just don't have this many stories. I mean, even the very, very first story of my life was unusual, in that there was a 95% chance, or more, I was going to be a miscarriage. I've talked about that before. In 1971, my, my mom, who had had a previous miscarriage right before me, did not have any children yet, and she lost a ton of blood. ton of blood. About equivalent to what she lost with the child that actually she lost. And with the amount of blood that was lost The doctor said And it was actually confirmed I actually checked with the doctor uh, Today just to make sure it wasn't a quack 40 years ago But The doctor said that this is Almost a certainty that the baby was gone Like a 95% or more chance that the baby was Either dead or would be dead soon But the bleeding miraculously stopped And I survived That was me And I was born healthy so, I mean, who... <laughs> how many of you were almost a miscarriage at that point, where where about as much blood as possible was lost to where you couldn't have survived if even like a tiny bit more was lost? Fortunately, I have not had any other severe health scares since then, since before I was born. And fortunately, I didn't have to worry about the results of that, since I was a fetus. I just wouldn't have existed. You wouldn't be listening to this right now. My son Benjamin would not exist. But you had know, a lot of weird stories in my life. They just, they just kind of find me. I, I suppose the Sheffield thing, I was like, I, I kind of did that myself in a way, but also not, you know? Like, of all things, the one day I don't play, that happens. Someone saying in chat Thank God you survived or this would be the Team MLK Fraud Alert Show. Someone else calling me uh, Umbilical Cord Man. Um, Crow Diddley saying Did you hear about how the Plan B pill doesn't work for fat chicks? I I did not hear about that. Morning After pill may not work for overweight women, it says in CNN article. Wow This is an article from today Wow Hmm well, Watch out It says uh, When women reach about 165 pounds It has an absence of effectiveness um, Completely at uh, 176 pounds Oh my 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 The worst thing And someone just said it in chat Fat girls have a lot of sex The worst thing is it is more likely That a girl who's overweight will have sex with you Than a girl who is not And th- The best way to put that Is and, and keep in mind I'm not someone who Has ever made a big deal about Girls' weight I mean I don't like obese women But um, you know, Women don't have to be thin for me to be attracted to them they could be anywhere from like you know thin all the way up to um, like you know above average weight but not huge not really big not, not like really big you know like kind of like a, a wide range I have there no pun intended but um, but but seriously though there was a campaign for uh, um, I think it was for uh, it was for Avis back in the seventies when they were competing with Hertz. And their campaign, their ad campaign was, when you're number two, you try harder. So they are saying, we're the number two car rental company, but that means we try harder because we're not uh, resting our laurels at number one. Uh, that's kind of true about fat chicks in that uh, they do, not all of them, of course I'm being stereotypical here, but a lot of them do try harder to uh, make men happy with them. Because they think that, uh, you know, they don't have the body type that a lot of men like, so they have to make up for it in other ways. And you guys know that. Not true for all of them. There's a lot of sluts who are thin. But uh, it, it really is easier uh, to get overweight girls. In fact, it's, it, if you want to be with, like, huge girls, it's, it's way easier. But most guys don't want that. Anyway, uh, who's on the line here? Color.
4: Draft good evening. Um, this is Cletus. Cletus, hello. Hello. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what you're talking about, so I might be interrupting something here, which I would hate to be doing. But uh, I'd like everybody to think about something over the evening. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to make a thread about what you're thankful for this year.
0: Hmm.
4: Something... Um, I hate all the negativity that goes on. So I'd like to hear some uh, positive things that people have uh, experienced in their life in this last year.
1: Yeah. You well, from from me personally, you're asking?
4: No, no, no. From everybody. Oh, from everybody in the thread. Uh, all, all, all all the f-
1: well, okay. Well, yeah. Good luck posting that. I, I I'm sure there'll be uh, trolls responding to that negatively, but uh, yeah, maybe you'll still get some uh, actual responses. But uh, yeah, I I, I don't uh, blame you for wanting to inject some. Uh, Positivity into this forum, uh, especially in the flying stupidity area. There's a lot of uh, there. There is a lot of uh, trolling and negativity there. I have to admit, and uh, you know, it's a balance. I like. I don't like censoring too much, but at the same time, uh, uh, it does get intimidating to certain posters who want to post there and just feel like the same people dominate it. So,
4: right, right, and the the the, the one thing I can say about the trollers is they're. Unanimously uh, boring, and which kind of amazes me because here you get to create an online persona and you can be anything you want to, and the best they can come up with is to be boring.
1: Well, um, yeah. Well, what I've noticed with, with with the trolls that are the the worst is that uh, the most active and the meanest trolls are always the ones who are unknown, who you don't know their name, you don't know their, what they look like. You know very, very little about them. Those are always the ones that are the worst. Like for some reason once the people get known, even just their picture or their name, then they start backing down. Like they don't want to be as obnoxious because they're afraid that it might uh somehow reach into their real life in some way. And uh um but when when they feel that they're completely anonymous, that's that's when a lot of them just really get really nasty. And that and that's the way it is on you know, all the web.
4: Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, and actually when you brought up trolls, uh just brought to my mind uh an individual or a username of uh Friggin Hard. He's uh I think he's jumped into two of my threads and uh both yeah, you know, it was just one line.
1: Yeah, I might I might ban that guy. You know,
4: oh, you old leeching bastard or something, you know, and I'm like, Hmm, who's said that before about me? Um, yeah, so uh no, I, I think goal. I know who it is. I, th- I, think it's,
1: it I think it's one of those guys from Scats. I, I just it's, uh, um, you know, it, yeah. I, yeah, I, I put me, up. It, you know what? The truth is, with the forum, people who are regulars on the site, I put up with some more trolling from them than others because, at least, they've contributed in some way by being a regular on the site. But but ones who just show up just to drop terrible one-liners who've never contributed to anything here, I, I really don't want. So.
4: Right, right, and all I want to say is, uh, they don't mean nothing to me. I don't know them. I, uh, I have zero respect for them. Uh, and like I said, they're boring, so it's, it's easy to, uh, to feel nothing for them.
1: Okay, well, that's like leaders.
4: uh To feel nothing for them, you know, I don't get angry. I don't, uh, nothing they do is funny, so of course there's no laughing going on. They're just there
1: yeah well that's that, like that's a studio. good attitude that's a good attitude to take with them and and uh you know you you make some good posts you make some uh, very interesting posts here and unique posts on the forum so I, I i enjoy uh a good deal of the content you bring out there
4: thank you um but anyway yeah so everybody please uh try to uh come upon anything that good happen to you this year and uh if you're not afraid to let everybody else know about it if it doesn't get too uh too uh infringing on your personal life or you don't want to talk about it of course but it'd be just nice to hear about good things happening to people that's it
1: yeah well very good thank you
4: talk to you later Dan alright
1: thank you thank you Kalidus so you know I'll tell you what uh, I'm thankful for here I I hate you know I, I hate going along with these sort of uh, stock holiday questions you know, what are you thankful for at Thanksgiving and of course Thanksgiving being two days away but uh, I'll tell you since it was brought up here, the, the thing I'm most thankful for and this is going to sound cliche, but the thing I'm most thankful for uh, is my son and that, that he's healthy and um, that, that he's a really nice kid I I know that uh, With children you really don't know what you're going to get Even if you get a kid who's normal with no health problems And you know Everything like that You can still just not be nice It can, can just be not a nice person You can tell sometimes at a young age Sometimes kids who are not nice grow out of it and become nice adults But uh, a lot of times they don't also A lot of times like the real pieces of shit You find out that when they were kids They were pieces of shit too And um, It's rare that a kid is really nice As a uh, As a young kid And then Grows up to be a complete asshole Happens sometimes but not that often But uh, you know Benjamin he's like he's a a genuinely nice boy and, And And I'm thankful I have him I'm thankful that everything Fell the way it did to uh, I mean even the story of, of his mother that I'm with that's even that's kind of a weird story. that as pretending to be dating to make someone else jealous that we both didn't like in, in 1993, then right after that not seeing each other for 16 years and never actually had really dated or done anything together and then got together in real life 16 years later through Facebook and uh, and then had a child how many people who reconnected on Facebook had a fake relationship in the past not a real one but a fake one I mean a lot of people have reconnected on Facebook over that's not unusual but reconnected but without any kind of romantic connection but a fake romantic connection that then turned into a real one so uh, I'm also thankful for uh, the fact that I did not get myself Into the situations Like, like this uh, T. Domsky guy did That um, I, I had the strength And responsibility to hold on to what I made In poker And uh, There's a lot of things I look back and regret Why didn't I get into the affiliate stuff more Why didn't I write books or do training videos Why didn't I play on more sites that were kind of off the beaten path that I knew about but I didn't want to bother with like there's a lot of stuff I regret but like like I, I'm thankful at least that I got what I did out of poker even if I never make another dime from it and uh Ford Dragon says in the chat, I'm thankful that I've got this oil lamp that I only had a day of oil, but it's like day six and it's still going strong. It's true, it's Thanksgiving, same day as Hanukkah this year. That's really weird. And uh, I guess the last thing I'm thankful for is I'm still breathing. Uh, a lot of people I went to school with, I, mean, I wouldn't say a whole lot, but a, a number of people I went to school with are dead now. Some died at their own hand you know, Some killed themselves But some of them just died abruptly From heart conditions they didn't know they had Or other other things uh, You know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy that uh, I have not been hit by any of that so far And uh, I'm at an age now Where, I'm not old yet But I'm at an age where it's Realistic that health problems can start to occur. Now I could go another forty years or fifty years if I'm lucky and, and have no health problems. But uh, for a lot of people, it's it's they're already seeing the beginning of the end at this point. And I, I don't have any of that. I'm 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 still healthy. So that's really the most important thing. Uh, no matter how much money you have, no matter what else you have, if your if your health is crap, then uh, everything else doesn't matter. I mean, look at Steve Jobs; he, he had everything going for him, and then he gets unfor- unfortunate enough to have cancer at an early age. And now he's gone, and went down very painfully. So. Someone asking me in the chat have you kept the World Series weight off? I actually have, I just haven't lost any more. I briefly looked like I gained 5 pounds back but it fell back off. So. Honestly, I think part of the reason I got the 5 pounds back is I I started to slack off a little bit and eat too much Halloween candy and stuff but then I said, what am I doing? I can't can't, uh, can't throw away everything I did to Lose that weight So Yeah Anyway those, those are some of the things I'm thankful for I'm also thankful that my parents are still alive That uh, A lot of people my age Can't say that In fact even my parents at my age Could not say that And uh, yeah, they're, they're not that old Considering my age So That's good. But, um, yeah, I think about Benjamin. And I'm going to be damn old when he's my age. When Benjamin is the age I am right now today, I will be 80. If I'm still alive. So, that's the one thing that sucks about having kids when you're older, is that You won't be there for them as long They'll lose their parents earlier Unless you happen to run well and live really long And then of course there's the increased chance That you'll die really young And uh You know they'll still be kids when you're dead So really hope that doesn't happen Anyway Don't want to put too much cheesy Thanksgiving stuff in this Truthfully I think this show should have ended About 45 minutes ago But, you know, the show can drag. It's the end. Who cares? I want to announce one more thing here as we're playing the final music for the show to end. This show will go on hiatus after December 17th. That will be the final show of 2013. Not only will it be the final show of 2013, but there will be no show in 2014 until January 7th. So, December 17th will be the last Jeff and Friends show for a while. I will not be doing the show again until January 7th, after that. However, up until that point, I will be doing regular shows, and so three more shows. Which will be December 3rd, December 10th, and December 17th, all as scheduled... I think one is going to change by a day I haven't totally settled on that but there will be three more shows for sure this year but then that's going to be it why am I doing that? it's just simply to spend some time with my family around the holidays and uh, not have the responsibility of the show you know, I'm here almost every week so even I need a break that's a good time to take a break. Poker's kind of dead around that time, so if you're going away for the holidays, don't worry—you will not miss anything on this show. You'll come back, and there will be no new episodes. January seventh will be the return. So, also, if I'm not on for a few weeks, don't panic. The show hasn't been canceled; it just means that uh, I've gone on hiatus, and wanted to just warn everybody about that in advance. But uh, I will still be on the forum, so. You can find me there. Just the show is going on hiatus. This show takes a lot more effort than you think. It may not sound like it, but there's actually a lot of preparation into this. That's why sometimes it seems like I'm not prepared, because I just don't have time to make a full preparation. But there's always some preparation. And I hope at least that comes through to some degree. Thank you for listening, everybody. And thank you to my partial co-host, Seriously Serious. And all the other callers tonight Ryland, Cletus, and even PMMLK. Good night.
4: And shalom.